0: Hello listeners, you're about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and by my co-host Travis. I'm what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride the 2021 MLB
1: season. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 16, Alex. And it's actually a big one because we are almost officially done with the first half of the Major League Baseball season. That's right. For 2021 couple games going on right now. Uh, this Sunday, July 11th, it's about 3.30 in the afternoon. But a couple games on the West Coast still happening right now. Angels are actually still in progress with the Seattle Mariners uh, trying to kind of capture that last win of the um, first half. We got uh, kind of some disappointing losses. They'll pass two nights. I would say that the Angels, I think, almost were, you know, just beat out of luck last night with yeah. the Seattle Mariners losing 2-0. And then Friday night, pretty much controlled the whole game. A little bit of poor... Uh, managing status from Joe Madden late in the vlog, And we're going to cover that, of course. Sure. Going over that later in the podcast. But, you know, it's basically just talking about the first half of the MLB season, this episode, going through the power rankings. We'll go through some of the winners and the losers of the past week. Um, And then we're actually going to go back and see our predictions that we made the first episode and going back to our uh, Las Vegas picks that we made, you know, late March in uh, before the season started, kind of looking at kind of the wins and the losses of those ones as well. Uh, but Alex, let's start out with just kind of going back and reviewing the week, looking back at the winners and the losers um, or, or the failures of the, this past week at MLB season. Sure. So I'll let you start off with that.
0: Sure. So, yeah, uh, for the people who are really like the, you know, I guess the winners in my mind right now, like this last week of baseball and this, especially this last weekend, essentially, uh, I want to highlight... Uh, things that are going on in both of the of the LA teams, Travis. So, yeah, uh, for those who are keeping track, the Dodgers last night, Travis, beat up on the Diamondbacks in a twenty two to one absolute
1: romp victory. That dis- oughta, destruction that ought to help the rough run differential in the season.
0: Oh, it, I mean, it definitely is going to boost it. Uh, you know, that's definitely going to play a factor. But just the the amount of I think. They set a record for home runs uh, in a game for the franchise. Mm -hmm. I think it was eight home runs. I think they had, I think they had two grand slams. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, two grand slams. I think they had two different pairs of back to back home runs. It just, uh, just some crazy stuff that was going on. You know what a game to have gone to if you
1: were a Dodgers fan. But um, I think it was actually the first game where a 50 year old hit two home runs in a game. uh, In our pools, yeah, I think (laughs) that's another
0: milestone there
1: for sure. And
0: then of course Travis, us Angel fans have to uh, see on Twitter a bunch of Dodger fans saying. That Pujols is like, uh you know, this amazing gift when he just hit, is hitting home runs off of position, position players, essentially, and uh you know we'll just take it on the chin. That's fine. I mean, we don't. We're very happy with who we have playing for a space. Travis Jared Walsh is, exactly. is an all star, and exactly. our Pujols is is not. So yeah, um, they're
1: happy, and you know what? We're happy. So you know what? yeah. whatever whatever win win sense. it's a win win win. Yeah. win 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 win. You know keep, so.
0: keep you know keep Albert if you enjoy him. That's fine with us, and yeah. then. uh So Dodgers, obviously a big win this weekend for them. They're still currently playing. And and Travis, you said they're currently losing to the Diamondbacks, but um, they definitely asserted their dominance last night at least. Uh, And then on the other side of of Los Angeles, we have the Anaheim Angels, David Fletcher, Travis. Uh, Just this morning or earlier today, early in this afternoon, David Fletcher hit his 24th consecutive game with a hit, and it was actually a solo shot to tie up the game, which the Angels now lead against the Mariners. So the fact that David Fletcher now, I believe he is two or three uh, games away from tying Garrett Anderson's uh, record franchise. as a record. Yeah, franchise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, consecutive uh, games with a hit. So Fletcher, I mean, that is super in reach based on the way he's swinging the ball right now, um, swinging the bat right now. He's just been super, uh, you know, just super solid in that leadoff spot. Um, and then just this last weekend, he has two home runs to kind of extend this streak and keep it alive. Like I said, it's 24 straight games with a hit for David Fletcher. Uh, I think he saw that he wasn't getting any All-Star love or something like that yeah, about yeah. a month ago and just decided to go off. So yeah. uh, what do you make of those of those wins so
1: far, Travis? Yeah, and to put, put that out a little bit, uh, I think these past 24 games, you know, we look back at Fletcher in the first two months and it was kind of, you know, it was kind of disappointing. He was just off to a really slow start, uh, was really looking for his bat to, you know, come into play. His defense, of course, has been All-Star, you know, greatness at, at the whole season, but uh seeing him i think honestly since the uh full capacity came into effect you know june 17th or so you know he's actually really found this right he probably likes hitting in front of a full capacity instead of 50 percent or you know how many percent it was but that's pretty much when it kind of took off and you know right now he has two home runs in the series he hit his first home run of the season on friday night uh I feel like I, I feel like I've seen a lot of Fletcher home runs in Seattle. Maybe he just likes something about Seattle. Yeah, I think
0: some run. people saw this, this this little kind of outburst coming from him, which but, is yeah. which is awesome. But it's
1: nice to see that him starting to get it going. And you know what? With our team, kind of, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say limping to the All Star break, but we have a lot of injuries on in hand.
0: Right, we're at five hundred and we're injured, so we just kind of know what we could be capable of if we get everyone back for a healthy second half. Exactly. But, exactly. Travis, I think I saw a stat um I don't I hope I'm not misquoting it, but if I remember it correctly, the last game where David Fletcher has didn't get a hit at that point in time, Shohei Otani had I want to say it was 16 home
1: runs. <laughs> Still in the teens.
0: And, and and he's now at 33. Yeah. So that just yeah. kind of goes to show you, like, what's going on in Anaheim right just now. Just insane. Just insane. Uh, so know, those two guys doing a lot of work.
1: I will say that's a big plus and a big win, especially for the Angels. And, in, you know, I think when whenever Fletcher's doing good, I think Major League Baseball likes that, too. Um, I will go point over one failure that happened this weekend. Um, we are losing Ronald Acuna Jr. for the rest of the season on kind yeah. of a freak injury at the warning track when he was playing in Miami yesterday. So uh, really, really kind of tough break. I'm deeply saddened because my fantasy team just took a huge hit yeah uh, and, but, I, I gotta and, think about some moves now but you know
0: yeah yeah you have some replacements to make but yeah. but yeah as as you know both of us you've always been a big fan of Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, and I have really grown to you know appreciate uh, what he's been doing this season and uh, it's really unfortunate to see you know him go down like that uh, it you know it looked it looked really brutal just watching him. Uh, kind of realize on the field yeah. there like I can't get off this field on my own yeah. will. I need to, to get carted off essentially. Yeah. And you, you it, don't you, know you carted hate off. It's not going to be. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. hate to see it. And then of course last night the announcement comes out. Uh, they're going to need to uh, uh, give surgery on his knee. So yeah. that's just that's just uh, you know tragic for Braves fans. Um, wishing him a speedy recovery. Of course uh, the Braves it really puts them in a in a rough spot you know they're trying to make a push in the second half to try to you know I mean they're not uh you know they're not like on the verge of taking over the division but the Mets are not like building a huge lead either mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, it was definitely in reach for the Braves and it still is in reach if they can you know get hot at the right time but yeah. losing it losing your best player who was on like an MVP kind of season yeah definitely in yeah. that race definitely it's, top it's, three. it's yeah. brutal it's yeah. brutal
1: it's brutal and you know Looking at the Braves this season, um, and I know we'll talk about them more in the predictions because I know we highlighted them, you know, early in the season. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Atlanta, you look at this season. I was thinking, you know, this would probably be the best—not not the best season—but it wouldn't. It would be an okay season for Acuna to get hurt like this because you know you don't have Soroka this season, really. Yeah. You don't have. Um, they've been battling the injury bug for a lot of different guys. You know, Azuna kind of with the weird incident was going on with him right now. And then Freed, kind of, you know, not being his normal self, I'd see, cause he actually had an injury late early on in the season. So I was thinking, you know, this could be a season. Maybe the Braves are like, we're still gonna be competitive, but maybe we'll come back next season. But then I look at next season and they might not even have Freddie Freeman at first base because he's a free agent. So you kind of look at the Braves right now and, and you think, you know, what is the move? They got a lot of young pieces, but, um, you got to see what, what they got to do. One guy I will highlight has been kind of stepping up is Ozzy Albies. He's actually been uh, oh, yeah. having a really nice first half of the season. And so um, it'll be nice to see at least him maybe can kind of pick things up along with Dansby And Freeman's, of course, a beast in himself. But um, you look at that outfield now, it's kind of got a lot of young pieces and a lot of people that are, you know, not big names anymore. Right. And, and w- so, with that opinion, there's going to be question marks in that outfield for sure. It will definitely um, be question marks yeah. with that. So um, and actually, Alex, I'm going to move on to a trivia question that I want to actually ask you because I've been, you know, I think I've been saving this one up for actually quite a while now. Please
0: do. It's been in, let my, me, let uh, me in it. my
1: photo vault for, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple weeks now. But, okay. Um, Lay it on me. There are, you know, there are five guys in the modern era of Major League Baseball. So pretty much highlighting back to like, you know, 1901 or so. But uh, five players with 100 plus home runs and 70 stolen bases all before turning the age of 24. It's pretty sad because I'm 24 right now. And yeah. Their guys have done... How many
0: stolen bases do you got, Travis? <laughs> you know what? In my
1: career, I don't even know if I got 70. So in my entire 24-year li- living career, I don't even know if I got 70. But there are five guys that have 20-plus home runs or and 70-plus stolen bases. Can you name... Maybe come close to those five guys. Yeah, but yeah. Try I, to give course your best guess.
0: I'll give it a shot. So you, it's a hundred home runs. Hundred home runs. Seventy or more, stolen bases. Seventy stolen bases by twenty four. Okay, so Ta- good power and good speed. Yeah. Tatis, Or is he not there yet?
1: Tatis not there yet. No, okay. not in the home run march, Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Okay, I'm gonna guess Acuna.
1: Acuna's one. Yeah.
0: Okay, and he
1: must have just gotten this recently. I assume. Yeah, he was just the one guy that just the newest guy on the list.
0: Okay. Uh, Mike Trout. Mike Trout's another one. Um bonds of course bonds is not one. Oh, but not i guess not by age 24 okay then. you, you got to
1: think of guys that didn't go to college which is kind of right it's right. kind of an interesting and, and hard thing to look at but yeah guys that didn't go to college who came and burst on the scene at really really young ages hmm. but yeah, you got acuna and trout there's three more guys and i'll give you a hint they all played in the 90s and the 2000s okay
0: mm-hmm. um okay i will throw another guess of alex rodriguez
1: he's on there yeah okay
0: yeah uh, yeah, he has some sneaky uh, steal numbers. If you go yeah. back and look, folks, his his stolen bases and as a youngster, he was fast,
1: and it yeah. was like you know he was like a five tool guy. He, for sure. he was tatis before tatis, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so okay, so that's three off the board. Um, two more. Hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying you know, kind of go like, you know, era by era, like, you know, who in the '90s could qualify? Mm-hmm. I feel like Griffey's a good guess. I don't, I feel like he might not have. Oh, is he? Is easy, easy, yeah. Oh, okay. Griffey,
1: Griffey Junior. is the fourth guy on the list. Okay. For that kind of uh, for for this talent, so there's okay. one more guy, and he, he's probably the one guy I'd say is the is the hardest guess. Is the hardest guess. Yeah, I will say he's actually right now on the ballot for, of course, the Hall of Fame, and okay. he's getting a lot of kind of interesting debates on this guy. So, okay. So, um, yeah
0: uh interesting some guys yeah i'm trying to think there's some guys who I just don't really know yeah how mm-hmm. young they were when mm-hmm. they really broke out i know I there know. are some names coming around like uh who's in the hall of fame is chase ellie in the hall of fame right now
1: chase utley yeah he, I like he doesn't have the steals not, i don't think yeah. but yeah no no yeah
0: okay um hmm who is on that ballot right now? I mean, I know Sosa
1: is. is Sosa's Sosa is not. Yeah, so you're right. Sosa is on that, but he's not on this list.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. I can give you one more hint too, if you wanted that as well.
0: Oh yeah, give me a small hint. Yeah. Yeah. So he's
1: pretty much. I would say he was the Acuna Jr. before Acuna for the Atlanta Braves.
0: Okay. So are, are we talking about uh, Andrew Jones? Andrew Jones. Okay. Yeah, so Andrew that was that, that was a good hint. That was a big yeah, help. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, th- that's a good little that's a good little tidbit there because I mean. I'm, you know, we're both aware of, you know, how good some of these guys were when they were really young. Andrew Jones, you know, that's a good bit of trivia for him because he actually was super young when he broke out. I think he was, was he 18 or 19 yeah, when he first he was, made his appearance? He
1: was, I think he burst on the scene like in 95 or 96. I know it was he was incredible in the playoffs early on. So it, it was just kind of a guy that just was out of nowhere. And what makes it interesting is I, I feel like, you know, all five of these guys are in the past 25 years. So you look at like in the 80s and the 70s, I mean, everyone was going to college or guys, you know, weren't really coming out, bursting onto the scene and being this successful, this young. So and I guess it's kind of interesting.
0: A lot of the youngsters who like if you look at like different stats uh, for guys who are really good in their early 20s, like if you pretty much took uh, steals out of the equation, like there are guys like Ted Williams who'd be on this list because mm-hmm. were he was really good when he was young. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Fox was good when he was young. Uh, I always see Mel on these kind of lists, but putting that steals factor in there, I guess it kind of eliminated all of those guys from the middle of the mm. 1900s. Yeah. And it kind yeah. of focused on these modern five tool players.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So you can get definitely kind of with the home runs and the stone bases, you can definitely cut errors out because, you know, look at Ty Cobb back in the 1910s. You weren't getting 100 home runs, <laughs> in, you know, in in 10 seasons or so because right. of just how low the home runs were. So, and I got, so one more tribute question on this one because I got, I got, okay. a, I got a couple of them that I were saving up for you. Okay. Um, so, You know, as we see this past week, uh, Shohei Otani just hit his 33rd home run. So he tied someone for the first half, pretty much the most home runs prior to the All-Star break, and they can't be born in the United States. And so a foreign-born player has hit 33 home runs. One is Shohei. He's tied with one more guy. So I was before you by chance the chance if you knew who that guy might Before
0: be. the all star break, 33 home runs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's one other
1: guy that's foreign born that has that same mark for a number of home runs.
0: Well, I know it's not a Japanese player because he just tied yeah. Matsui's record it's for you can a definitely full take season. That out. So yeah. mm-hmm. I gotta think probably I'm assuming Latin American. Mm-hmm, um, so I gotta go off of that. Huh. I mean, my my gut guess is Sammy Sosa. Ding 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 ding. Okay, there you go. Because because we all know, I mean, you know, if you if you were aware of the '98 like home run race, he hit, I believe, twenty home runs in the month of June. So if if this is the same year, if if it was '98 when he did this, it it makes a lot of sense that hitting twenty home runs in the month of June is going to help you get to thirty three by the All Star break. Exactly, um,
1: it's crazy because he had thirty three in '98, and then in '99 he had thirty two. So almost back to back seasons of you know putting up these insane marks. He. Now, with Sosa being on that list and Shohei Otani being tied with Sosa, there is one guy that hit one home run less that is foreign born, and we just I think we highlighted him a couple of minutes ago uh, for uh, you know hitting a home run off some guy named Josh Reddick, you know. So oh, Al- <laughs> M- M- Mr. Albert. <laughs> Mr. Albert had 32 home runs in 2009, but just kind of interesting because we see how the game is changing to you know all these incredible talents, incredible players coming out of you know. Uh, you know, Central America, Japan, just all these different countries um, coming into the game. So
0: these young guys are really kind of putting themselves into the conversation with some of the greats. And so it's it's kind of cool to put them in perspective with these kind of stats. Uh, 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 Another kind of like addition to that Shohei stat, I think I saw something where in the last... Uh, I want to say it was last 21 games. Mm-hmm. He has 16 homers, yeah, and yeah. that is the American League record ever. That is, I mean, that which is just like it's baffling. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's
1: baffling that you can't
0: because you, it, I think everyone that's ever done that 16 homers in 21 games. The list, if you look at it, it's like Sosa. It's I think McGuire and Bonds have done it. It might have been Pujols as a St. Louis Cardinal. I'm not sure, but it was a list of exclusively National League guys, and then you yeah. see Shohei Otani right there which is just super, super impressive. And, so,
1: And are those guys going on the mound and pitching and oh, picking oh. up dubs? It, <laughs> Obviously I mean, not. It's just, yeah. it's just insane. I yeah. mean, I, it, you can't make this stuff up this season that we've been going on. But, okay, just wanted to throw out those trivia questions for you because I found them and I was like, Alex, yeah. Alex. I mean, that, that, yeah. that,
0: that's good content, Joe. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, it's time to move on to the uh, power rankings, Yeah, I
1: think. that'll be some good content, I know, too, as well. So,
0: so, uh, so like always, folks, we'll go through our, like, you know, we'll have uh, – me or Travis, will start with our one through five, and then the other one, will give one through five, and we can discuss, and then we'll go six through ten and, and discuss. So, uh, Travis, who should start off here? I'll let you do it. Okay. So, let me pull up my one through five. So, currently, you know, a lot a, a lot went into this for me, and I'll just start off by saying I feel like I took a different approach than I have in past months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, in, past, in past, like, lists of, like, my top tens, I would really focus on, like... You know who have you played in the last few weeks who you know how well have you done in these kind of games yep. these kind of yep. series and this time i kind of just looked at you know the whole season and how good has this team been for this first half kind of okay that's how i took it and you know good. It, it may make us have a different lists, but you know we'll see we'll see how it takes us so my one through five first up i have the houston astros okay. in my number one spot okay my number two spot i have the los angeles dodgers okay my number three spot I have the San Francisco Giants, my number four spot. I have the Boston Red Sox, and my number five spot. I have the San Diego Padres. Okay, okay. So give me your five, and we can we can talk.
1: Pretty similar. Um, I will say I think our one through four is the same teams. Okay. It's different order. Number five, of course, I I went a little different route. But so for me, um, and it's kind of funny because we had a conversation I think a couple weeks back. But number one team I have, and it kind of pains me because I mean I don't know I just. I don't really know about this team too much, but they're, they're doing really well. And it's the San Francisco Giants. So I have the Giants as the number one team. Basically, I looked at it and I said, okay, you know, for me, best record. And also, um, you know, just, just being dominant all, on all aspects of the ball. But we'll get into that. So sure. number one. Number two. I made this list about two hours ago. Yeah. So this before we just saw with everything happening, you know, in baseball, we actually just saw an Altuve walk off home run. Astros kind of burst on the scene. But number two, I had the Boston Red Sox. Okay. For number two in the power rankings. So number two for Red Sox. Number three, I actually went with the Dodgers. Okay. Three Dodgers, four Houston Astros. Okay. Number four is Houston Astros. And then number five, just got to stay with, you know, a good team in the Chicago White Sox. Okay. So those are my five so let's let's of course we'll, we'll dissect and talk about you know our top forks with the same team so at least we're still being you know we still know what the four best teams in baseball i think we all we all know are
0: sure 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 and so and, and just a reminder to the folks at home uh this is all based on prior to games today on sunday Yes, like in yeah. theory we made these lists not thinking about the scores that happened today even though that you know, it's one game. How much could it change things? Maybe yeah. a little bit, but yeah. Um, so yeah. It's just going off of I guess you know yesterday. Unless
1: unless the Red Sox lost the Phillies twenty two to one, then I would be like, okay, what's what? Our, our list but, is probably still tight. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, we'll we'll start of course with the um, we'll start with the Astros pick because I, okay. I, I I like them a lot and I know they're a really good team. But go ahead and talk about the Astros. Yeah, I'll,
0: a little bit. I'll make the case. So mm-hmm. uh, the some of the things I really kind of focused on as like my criteria for how I was gonna make these rankings, uh. I looked at a, few, uh, a handful of things. Uh, a big thing for me was I looked up like on Fangraphs, you can look at the team WRC plus. So it kind mm-hmm. of shows you like how good is the team's offense on the whole. And the Astros are in the lead in that category by quite a bit. They're at a 119 WRC plus, which means as a team, they're about 20% above average from the average baseball player as a team. Uh, the Dodgers uh, and the Giants, Uh, are some of the other really good teams, as well as the White Sox and Blue Jays, who have great offenses by Mm -hmm. these numbers. Mm -hmm. And they're all like in the 110, 111 range, whereas the Astros are kind of by themselves up at this 119 number. So in my mind, and according to that stat, the Astros have the best offense in baseball by a good amount. So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. where I started. And then also you can look at, uh, if you look at Fangraph's war as a team, they're at 19.4, which leads baseball. And then they also have a 1.5 run differential per game. So every game they win on an average of 1.5 runs and that is second only to the Dodgers. Uh, so uh, those are kind of the main stats I was looking at. And then as well as I also uh, I also like wrote down all my, my mm-hmm. top 10 teams. Mm-hmm. I wrote down their record versus teams that are 500 and above. Okay. So this is kind of a new, just a kind of new way I wanted to do things and look at these different like unique stats. So when you're above, when you're facing a team of 500 or above, mm-hmm. The Astros, are 40, team, yeah. the Astros are 41 and 22. Okay. And they actually won't got to win today. So mm. that, that even helps them. Actually, are the Yankees? Yeah, they're, they're winning right, yeah, there, right barely, now. Yeah, barely, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so, so 41 and 22. So that's like super, super good. That's like you're almost talking about almost like a 600 winning percentage. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's against other winning teams. So mm-hmm. in my mind, if you're going to be like an elite team, you're going to make the push for uh, October, push for the World Series, and try to win it all, you want to have that really good record versus other winning teams and the Astros have that to a T. that 41 and 22 shows that they've played a lot of good teams Mm -hmm. because that means they have over 60 games against winning teams and they have a huge winning record against those teams so it kind of tells me they have good strength of schedule and they're still dominating so that's my Astros case for them being the best team in baseball right now you have that four and like you said the Red Sox and them you know there's a conversation there so it's actually funny because you have Red Sox uh, sorry, were they second, third? I had
1: Red Sox at number two for me. Okay, yeah. and, 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 and they're and my four team, so. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll basically go through my kind of thing, too, with, you know, I think looking at the Astros, I was kind of a little bit, and before the win today, I was disappointed because they technically had lost a series already to the, to the Yankees, were on the verge of being swept. Yeah. And, you know, the Yankees kind of been stumbling and fumbling the past couple weeks. I was like, you know, come on, Astros. I feel like the Yankees are a team you've got to kind of take advantage of and beat, especially when you're at home. Mm-hmm. And you know it's kind of a hostile environment because of the situation that's at hand. I also go back to late June um, where they played uh, four games in Detroit and they actually split that series 2-2. Um, I was kind of a little disappointed with that because I feel like the Angels took care of Detroit easily and Astros were having a tough time. And then they actually came home to Houston and played the Baltimore Orioles and got swept by the Orioles in Houston. So I was kind of just a little bit disappointed with that um, and, and playing so poorly. Um, I look at some of these games you know, with the Baltimore Orioles, I think the the... the the run, runs were just given up on, on, on just a handful with the Orioles. They were just outscoring them completely. Uh, one game was 13-3 to three they lost. But um, I still I still have faith in the Astros. To me, they're still, of course, one of the best. They have, probably have the best offense in baseball right now. Yeah. Um, a couple of guys are getting um, on the injury bug. I know Correa um, is out with COVID, and so he's actually been out for a couple of days, um, and we'll see when he comes back. But, yeah. um, Altuve's kind of picked it up, and all those guys have picked it up. Um, moving to kind of the Giants and why I have yeah, them. Yeah, I was about to go there too. Yeah, Why I have them number one. Basically, with the Giants, I have them number one because, of course, I mean, I know you can look at record. They have the best record in baseball, and I will say they are playing in one of the most just group of death divisions um, in baseball. I know, you, of course, you have the Rockies and the, and the Dimebacks, which kind of just are a laughing stock.
0: Yeah, you can get some free wins there. You yeah. can get
1: some free wins there, but you are playing the Dodgers and you are playing the Padres, two of the most, I mean, just full ammo just i mean they have so much strength going for all different aspects of the team for both those uh franchises right now. So I give the Giants just a nod. They are actually of course top 3 in run differential as well. So they are scoring runs um and of course I I really like the pitching staff with having Gosman and having uh having great years and then also you have Cueto also having a pretty decent year with Alex Wood. I really like that as well um and i also like some of the guys that kind of burst back on the scene with buster posey crawford belt uh some of these yeah. names longoria longoria too i know he's out but i mean just a lot of these guys have kind of picked it up again and so I'll, i gave the giants the nod yeah um awesome. of course they're, they're still kind of an you know they're just kind of an iffy squad still but i, right. I want to give them the nod just for the first half the way they've been playing baseball um really happy with that so
0: so uh, yeah i had him at three mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of numbers I wrote down that show how good of a team they are. They have a 110 WRC+. Plus, so they're well above average offense. You know, they're, they're they're like a top five offense by that metric right now. Uh, their, their team, Fangraphs WAR is up at 16.7. I'm pretty sure that's third in baseball behind only the Dodgers and the Astros. Their run, def- their run differential is third at 1.3, which is only behind the Astros and the Dodgers. And then their record versus 500 and greater teams is 20 and 15. So it's a, wow. it's, it's a above average record. It's a yeah. good, it's a good record. It's not as good as the Astros who were like 41 and 22, but you know, that, that 20 and 15 number Travis also kind of tells me they have not played as many teams that are above 500 because mm-hmm. that's what, that's 35 games versus teams above 500. That's at this point in the season, that's not that many. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess I just kind of had them behind the Dodgers and the Astros because, I liked the Dodgers and Astros more in terms of I guess their offense and their overall uh, run differential and their overall value. Um, what I will say is one case for Gi- for Giants to be above Dodgers is the Dodgers actually have a losing record versus 500 and greater teams. Mm. So that's one case for Giants to be above Dodgers, which is what which is what you had. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants are superior to Dodgers in terms of, you know, getting wins against winning teams. But I kind of chalk that up to Dodgers have had so many injuries this year. And I think as long as they're right when it comes to postseason time, they're going to be the favorite. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm not sure when, uh, you know, Seager and Bellinger and, you know, the, McKinstry missed time. And he's not not even like a full-time starter kind of guy. And they're yeah. trying to figure, yeah. you know, they're just trying to figure everything out. Um obviously Bauer is on currently on leave and that's yeah. going to be a question that they're going to be having that, you know, kind of answer in the next, you know, couple weeks, months, however long this investigation might take. So uh, there's uncertainty with the Dodgers in terms of their roster and injuries. But when it comes down to it, um, I just have a lot of faith in, you know, their value as a team uh, and their offense is just, is just elite. So mm-hmm. I had them mm-hmm. at two above the Giants. Uh, Boston, uh, we had, you know, you had them, I believe two spots higher than me, but it's I'm sure we pretty much agree on where they're at. They're they're they're. Uh, and off- same,
1: I think same thing for me as well. with that, um, I was just looking at also division right now. There are four teams above 500 in the AL East. Boston is just kind of reigning supreme. Um, they they've been doing well all season. I mean, they have probably the best left side in baseball right now. I would say with Bogart's endeavors just being complete, you know, offensive juggernauts, and then of course, uh, pitching has gotten them through it. I would say pitching has actually been very decent and very. Um, you know, strong the first half And also we're going to be looking at getting Chris Sale back Probably for the second half But right. um, just I think a lot of guys just stepping up for the Boston Red Sox
0: Yeah, that has for sure been the case for them uh, I guess a reason why I kind of held them down to four Was they only have a .6 run differential So mm-hmm. they're winning their average game by you know, less than a run It's .6, almost like a half a run uh, They have a really good record versus teams above 500. they They're 32 and 32-22 against uh, winning teams uh, and their their fan graphs war is, is very solid. So there's a lot to like about the Red Sox. Um, I just don't see them having as big of a gap between themselves and the Rays and the Blue Jays than others might think. Um, I don't think they're running away with it. They have a nice lead in the in the in the AL East right now, so I think they're gonna keep that lead. Mm-hmm. But I think some teams are gonna keep it interesting. Yeah, that, that, that's how I see it at least. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then I'm sorry, who'd you have in the five spot?
1: My five spot, I went with Chicago White Sox.
0: Right. Okay. So I had the Padres. And uh, I guess we can kind of talk about them in our second half because you're going to have Padres, I assume, in your second half. And and I I have the White Sox (laughs) in my second half. So, we'll discuss those teams uh, in the next half. So, I'll I'll start us off 6 through 10. Okay. So, my sixth team, Travis, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. A little higher than some may think. Uh, And in seventh spot, I have the Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers, uh, currently leading their division. Eight, I have the Chicago White Sox who uh, might be a little lower than some people might expect. And then ninth, I have Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. And tenth, I have the Oakland A's. So okay. that rounds out my ten. So who's your six through ten? It's a
1: little interesting because for you put Padres for five and I put White Sox for five. So I have White Sox at five. And then you had Rays for six, mm-hmm. and Brewers for seven. I actually went Brewers Rays. Okay. So I went just pretty much flip-flopping them. And then I had Padres at eight. So Interesting. pretty much where you had the Padres little... and the White Sox, we kind of flip flop. Yeah, we have so a have, palindrome going. I have Padres at eight, and then I have um, Oakland A's at the number nine spot. And for 10, I left them out, I think, the last couple power rankings, but I went with the New York Mets. Okay. And so the New York Mets, for me right now, are the number 10 team um, okay. in, yeah. in my power rankings. So I'll start with you. Let's go kind of through—we'll um, do th- six and seven. For me, uh, when we talk about the Brewers and the Rays, they're very similar. Right now, I think the Rays are actually on a six-game winning streak. They're still a really strong team. Oh, yeah. And then, and then you look at the Brewers. I mean, who wants to face that three-headed monster in the playoffs in Woodford, Burns, and uh, and uh, Freddie Peralta? Right. So I think that we I agree right there. We're having them very good. They're not top five material, but I think those teams are right on the verge. Um, they have some weaknesses, but they do have a lot of strengths that would be very, you know— just be a very tough time for a team like the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Padres, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. So
0: I, I totally agree about the Brewers. I mean, the fact that you can look at Woodruff and Burns as both Cy Young candidates, right? Yeah. Both guys who are probably in the top five NL, like, you know, who's going to win the Cy Young kind of yeah, conversation. Definitely. But you look at Peralta's numbers, Travis, and he is like possibly like the second best pitcher in the NL behind the ground right now. Like, he, I, I thought he, he was an All Star
1: snub. I mean, yeah, he, he yeah. Is, he's
0: been fantastic. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, I want to see. Did he make it? I think he took someone's spot. Maybe. I, I hope, so. I I, hope I, so. I I don't remember. Uh, there's been so many of these replacements in the All Star game. <laughs> yeah. Every day you learn about two new guys who are yeah. getting out of the squad. Yeah. So good for those people. But um, yeah, essentially the the Brewers, the pitching staff elite, like you mentioned, uh, their offense is definitely. By far the worst on my top ten, yeah, on your top ten as well. Definitely. Their their WRC plus as a team is ninety. So they're ten percent below average as wow. an offense. Wow. But the pitching is so good that it keeps their team WAR up at like eleven and a half. Their run differential is at 0.5 and against five hundred or better teams, they're fifteen and fourteen. So they're still winning a winning team mm-hmm. okay. when they're facing other winning teams. Yep. So that's a good sign going into the postseason. So if they can keep that up and be a winning team versus other winning teams. That could uh, be a very good sign, and their pitching staff can hopefully carry them to kind of continue uh, their good stretch of of baseball. Mm -hmm. The Rays I had above them, it's close. The Rays are actually a better team versus uh, 500 or greater teams Uh, against winning teams. The the Rays are 35 and 26, so that's a nice record, Um, and their offense is a little bit above average. So I I like the Rays a lot. Uh, I think even though losing glass now is going to be huge, especially in a big series. They have the talent to get to the postseason without a doubt. They're gonna put a lot of pressure on the wild card race. They're currently, if the season ended today, they would make the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. So, I have no doubt that they can keep that pressure up even
1: without Glass now. And Wander Franco has been a nice spark. I mean, yeah, I, think yeah, and the, I believe Vidal
0: Vito, uh, Vito Bruhan yeah, is also yeah. up. So, so nice to see these young guys, the these mid- prospects, the middle up. infield of the future for them is is already kind of uh, is, looking it, really deadly, making their mark already. <laughs> yeah. So, the, I mean, that's exciting for them. Their yeah. fans have a lot to be, you know, uh, happy with with their youngsters. Um, and then we can make our way down to the White Sox. And we can discuss White Sox-Padres, I guess, because I had Padres at 5, White Sox at 8, and then you had them exactly reversed. Exactly So reversed, yeah. Um, I guess I'll start out with what I like about these teams, what I don't like about the teams. So there's no denying, based on these numbers, that the White Sox have the superior offense so far. The White Sox have 111 WRC+, where the Padres are at 102. So White Sox are like, well above average, whereas Padres are just a little bit above average. And they may have to do with some injuries for the Padres. I know Grisham has missed time. Tatis has missed time. But um, at the end of the day, the White Sox, we all know how deadly their offense is. It mm-hmm. is probably the best in the American League. Uh If everyone is healthy, which they have not been, Uh, they've not been healthy. So um, the White Sox have a better run differential than the Padres. So a lot is favoring the White Sox based on what I wrote down here. Mm -hmm. But the big thing that really swung me, Travis, is the White Sox are 16 and 24 versus winning teams. So that's a pretty big Mm -hmm. losing record against other winning teams. And they've also had the best strength of schedule so far. They've had the easiest schedule based on just how much their opponents are beating teams.
1: I would love to play in the AL Central, too. Yeah. yeah I, I,
0: I, see, yeah. You, yeah. That, that's the best way to put it, Travis, yeah. because when you're playing the Twins, who are you know not yeah. good this year, yeah. the Royals, who have been skidding like crazy, yeah. you're playing the Tigers all the time, yeah. it's a really big boost to their record, which they have a great record, and they're, they have a great team, a lot of talent. But based on their current, I guess, stretch of injuries, and I feel like they have not really sold me against other winning teams that make me kind of worried for can they be this favorite in the AL that we mm-hmm. thought they would. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. my mind, you know, maybe a month ago, I thought the White Sox were like the AL team and they were like yeah. destined to make yeah. the World Series, especially because the Yankees were skidding and stuff. But recently the Astros have really convinced me. I even think the Rays uh, and Boston would be better, better okay. fits to come out of the AL okay. than the White Sox at this point. So uh, I guess where do you see the White Sox right now, and how about the Padres as well?
1: Yeah, I see. You know, White Sox with me, I look at it and I see I see Lance Lynn and Rodon. I see two dominant guys, and right now I think Lance Lynn might be honestly kind of favoring in the AL Cy Young. So I think mm-hmm. I see great starting pitching with the White Sox, and also you see a good. Um, bullpen with Garrett Crochet and also Liam Hendricks and a couple other guys. I think Hendricks has been really dominant, yeah. Yeah. And so White Sox, of course, I see the pitching side very good. I've seen how they've actually been able to hold their own with all these just terrible injuries, I feel like, with this team and actually still be successful. Um, LaRusse has been doing a pretty good job with the White Sox, kind of making sure that they're all, um, you know, basically all committed to the same goal of winning this team and that no no distractions have come into hand. So I like the White Sox. I, I like them at the number five team. I think they're still a power team. Um, and then with the Padres, you know, the Padres, it's funny because I, you look back at the NL West, and it's funny, on the season, I saw something a couple days ago. The Giants have a losing record to the Dodgers this season. The Dodgers have a losing record to the Padres this season. And then the Padres have a losing record to the Giants this season. So sure. it's kind of like each team, in the the big three teams in the NL West are either just losing to one of the other dominant teams they have their own and destroying own kinda, the other team. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it yeah. just seems that... Like, the Padres can kill the Dodgers, but they can't seem to figure out the Giants. And so, right. same thing with the Dodgers and the Giants. But, um, you know, kind of looking at the, um, the the last couple of games for the Padres, they actually lost today to the Rockies. So, they lost the series at home to the Colorado Rockies. Um, they actually almost lost the series, I would say, to the Washington Nationals. They split it. But that one game they had on Thursday with the Grand Slam by the relief pitcher, which, I mean, I, I, you got to say it's almost a little bit of luck. Because oh, it you, you don't it's see that kind of lucked. stuff. And yeah. so, um, you know, had a crazy comeback and really good, really good thing to see about them. But they almost lost uh, three or four games to the Nationals, who've been kind of on a downfall. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, they lost the series uh, previous to that. They lost series in Philadelphia and then um, had a barely won the series against Cincinnati Reds. They've kind of just been a team that's It's almost like they're good. And you put them in the playoffs and you just don't want to play them at all. Because if they are all oh, focused, right. they're going to be scary. But right, they just, right, right. I think they're kind of getting a little bored right now. And they're kind of just like, eh, it's like you know, that's a good lose, way to put it. We might lose a series here and there to this team. But I feel like whenever they play the Dodgers, they know, okay, we got to bring full throttle, full steam ahead. And they just take it to the Dodgers. And,
0: and I will add, one of the big strengths of the Padres, a reason that really made them from the team they were last year to the team they are this year, is the pitchers they added, right? Yeah, yeah. Musgrove has been, you know, a lot of people who are, paying close close attention to him knew that he was ready to take a big step this season but he has exceeded expectations for sure definitely Uh, but then you look at Darvish and Snell and I believe Darvish today just got put down on the IL and then uh, I believe Snell has already been in the IL so yeah yeah when you acquire these kind of ace type guys and you know uh Snell has been you know not exactly as advertised but you know Darvish has been really good overall yeah either way when two of your Three new additions are on the IL. Like that's gonna, you know, affect how they do. I guess coming out of this All Star break for that second half. So, um, yeah, l- like you were saying, like in the playoffs, they're a team you really want to avoid. They're gonna be very scary. But if they're not healthy, it's gonna um, impact them. Like we saw last year against Definitely. the Dodgers. The Dodgers uh, kind of really took care of business against the Padres. They didn't really look faced by the Padres at all. And a big reason for that is because that uh, Nelson Lement and Mike Clevenger were both injured. So the Padres are kind of throwing in their like third and fourth uh, Yeah,
1: Davies a couple other guys yeah, too yeah
0: uh, yeah it's like essentially they need to be right in order to be that scary threat and they have not been super right so Easily. having them lower than item than at five having them lower makes sense uh, in in you know I, I can see your point essentially the last thing we can touch on here uh, we both had the A's in the nine and ten spots so we, we're pretty much in agreement on them they're the second best team in the mm-hmm. AL West right mm-hmm. now they're in the wild card spot they're right they're knocking on the door of like a playoff spot so um we agree with them, yeah. And then yeah. so the main difference we have is Blue Jays versus Mets. Yeah, both so, teams playing in New York, <laughs> the right? State of New York, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I guess we can kind of. I'll make a case for Blue Jays. You can talk about the Mets, and then we'll see where we're at. Yeah. So uh, for Blue Jays, they currently have 111 WRC plus, so their offense is top five in baseball by that metric, by that stat. Their top five offense, which which matches the eye test, because you know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been the best offensive player in the game as of right now. Um, and then you can look at their depth: Springer, great offensive bat, yeah. Bichette, an offensively minded shortstop. Uh, you can keep going down the list. You know, tasker Hernandez is a slugger. They're, they're just they're just they're pretty stacked from top to bottom um, offensively. So that that's no surprise there. Mm-hmm. That that's really what they're known for. Their one their uh, their uh, run differential is at a point eight, which is uh, not not too bad at all. And their record versus five hundred teams is twenty nine and thirty two. So it's it is a tick a tick losing. So they're a little bit losing against other winning teams but you know if you end up at 500 versus teams that are winning yeah. that, that's still good. That's I mean good, that man. means you're you know you're going you're going toe to toe with the other best teams exactly. in your in your league and whoever else you're playing. So the Mets um you know you can make the case for them. I just know that they're uh, I believe their record was uh, similar. Right. They they're about 500 versus other 500 teams but the Blue Jays have played more 500 teams I guess is like where I saw the difference but go ahead and make the case for the Mets and tell me what you like about them
1: yeah and you know I think it comes down to kind of like the Brewers I mean I'm a big fan of course of starting pitching and when you have Jacob deGrom going out there and then also you have guys like you know Tywin Walker who's having actually I mean just a great season yeah um, those two guys really make a case for me for being um you know some of the two best pitchers in the game Um, I see uh, Lindor is actually starting to kind of heat up he hit a grand slam last night uh, I can't. I don't know. I actually, know his numbers, but I know the past twenty games he's actually been producing and having him, you know,
0: showing shades of his old self. Exactly,
1: yeah. and so having him kind of, you know, step up and be big. I really like that. Um, I think the Mets, of course, uh, just playing in a division that you know, record-wise, is not very, not not the best because you see the second place team be five hundred. Whereas right. a couple of other teams are just around five hundred, but still
0: in the AOS, Travis, the Angels are five hundred yeah. and we're fourth. So exactly. that puts some exactly. context.
1: Exactly. And so the West still to me is a very kind of just it's got a lot of good players. I mean you look you look at the fourth place team in the nationals. I know Schwarber just went out, but you had a team with Schwarber, who is insane. Trey Turner, who I absolutely just have so much respect and and he think he's a great shortstop in the game. Um and then Juan Soto. And then of course with yeah. the pitching staff of Scherzer, who's having, having a great season. Right. Um you know, the Nationals, of course, uh, not the record they want, but, of course, have good players on the team. The Phillies as well, you know, Harper being kind of a big player in that one. Um, Zach Wheeler being a huge arm for that. Yeah. Uh, a couple other guys in the Phillies as well. And then, of course, the the Braves with, you know, I know Cunha just went out, but you had Acuna, you had Albies, you had Freeman. You had a bunch of, you know, great players. And so um, the NL East, NL East to me is still a stacked team when it comes to, you know, the players. It's in, deep, yeah. If you made like an all NL East, like, starting nine roster, it'd be pretty scary. It, it would be, yeah. That's, it, good. that's a good way to put it. And I
0: will actually add about the NL East. Many people may not kind of be aware of this, but right now the best team in the NL East by run differential is the Miami Marlins. Really? So the fifth really? place team actually is outscoring their opponents in a bigger way than anyone else in wow. the NL East. Wow. So that kind of shows you that even the last place team in the division is no
1: slouch. Yeah, and actually seeing last week with the, the Miami Marlins almost took a four-game sweep from the Dodgers. It's,
0: it, it it shows that as a fifth place team, they're not yeah they're not someone you can go in there and yeah. expect to get the the sweep from them. It's exactly, not going to happen exactly.
1: Yeah. And I'm looking at the records too right now, and they're actually the best last place team in baseball at, with 38 uh, wins and uh, only 10 games back in the um, in the division, which is kind of insane because the Angels are about 10 games back in the division as well. And, and we're 500. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. So the Marlins are still a very heavy um, hitting team. That's you know of course in last place, but uh, yeah, I mean I'd add the Mets too because I think that. Um, I think that having a first place team is important too. Uh, than looking over the, the Toronto, you know, blue Jays, Toronto blue Jays to me, of course, still have one of the best offenses, in baseball, Simeon, Vlad, Guerrero jr. And also having Springer back um, not to also mention with Biggio and Bichette, they have, I mean, just a top notch offense. And so um, to me, they're still, of course, a team that's footing right around the 10, 11 spot um, for, for power rankings. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think our lists are, are pretty similar. I like that we have at least the same kind of teams and ideas in the top ten, especially in the top five. We have pretty much the same four teams in the top four. Just of course, yeah, different uh,
0: order. a lot of agreement because at this point we have a good grasp of where teams are at. It yeah. seems like yeah, um, yeah. I, I, we'll see how how this continues in the second half. But I, I think it's interesting how you know. Even though our rankings aren't that similar, our opinions I think are very similar because, like, you, for example, definitely. you had the Giants first, item third, and you kind of said in your own in your own terms that like you didn't feel amazing about that pick just because like they haven't proven it yet. Just mm-hmm, they have a mm-hmm. they have a really good half of baseball, but yeah. have they shown that they can do it in like the biggest series? Like you know maybe not yet. So uh, I think we're in a lot of agreement overall. So uh, I think I think yeah I think all these teams are in, are in a good spot right now. Um, I think now would be a good time to continue into our next section, Travis.
1: Yeah, yeah. So actually now we're going to, I think, the best time to look back at the uh, predictions that we had. Going back to um, our episode one of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Yeah, you know, we're, it we're, where it all started. It was funny because I was listening to that episode this past week and I'm like, God, we are just such rookies. Like we sound so like, you know, nervous and bad. But I think now we got a little bit better with this. I think so, now, we're, now we're sophomores. Now yeah. We're- <laughs> Not seniors yet, yeah. but... Uh, but yeah, looking back at the uh, the first episode of the season, kind of the players that we highlighted, the teams we highlighted as being kind of the overrated and underrated, and actually some of us had, you know, me and Alex actually had some picks that were spot on.
0: Travis, we're, we're, this section just for the fans, just to so they a note at home. We're uh, there's gonna be some bragging here because some of our yeah. stuff we we picked, some it, of it, it's some, spot some, on. some of it's lining up, it's spot on, and then yeah. we can also make fun of ourselves from some yeah. bad picks. But yeah. some of this stuff, Travis, like. I'm pretty impressed with myself, yeah. and I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah. No,
1: so so we'll start off with kind of um, we'll look at the teams that we highlighted in the first episode as being overrated and underrated. So I'll start off with the the two teams because I think I had two teams: one in the AL, one in the a or one in the AL, one in the NL for being my underrated teams going into the season. Um, and two of the teams uh, that I picked were, of course, the Boston Red Sox and the Philadelphia Phillies. I picked those two teams as being. I, I didn't say they are going to be playoff teams, but I said they were going to be around the hunt. They were going to be sticking around. They're going to be, you know, wreaking havoc just by, you know, looking at kind of the sneaky players they have and maybe the front offices that they're led by. Um, I'm actually really proud of that pick because Red Sox are first place in yeah. the, in the uh, in the AL East right now and, and the best record in the AL. So. Having them be kind of the underrated team, they they've been they've been insanely good with what they provided. Yeah. Um, looking at the Phillies, actually did it today. They won and they actually took the series from the Red Sox. And so the Phillies are now uh, at 500 and they are in second place in the NL East. And so looking at that pick too, um, I don't see them really being possibly a playoff team, but I do see them giving them some trouble in the uh, in the NL and the NL East. So um, two picks that I am really really happy about, um, Alex. What was your underrated team that you had for the twenty twenty-one season?
0: Right. So my underrated team, uh, I believe I highlighted the Brewers and I'm really happy with that pick as well because we're talking about first place. A, talking about a team that's first place in the division <laughs> right now. I think going into the season, a lot of kind of fans who just kind of follow the game from a distance and try to kind of track like, okay, what happened last year, they would say, Okay, the Cardinals were very were a very good team. Yeah. Uh they you know, uh, I believe they lost a the series to the Padres, but that's yeah. the Padres. Padres were really good as well. So uh, the Cardinals were the playoff team last year, mm. and then they added Nolan Arenado, who's a great, great talent, top third baseman in the league. He's right there in the you know, he's like in the Mount Rushmore of, of third baseman in this last decade. Um I like to hear you say that. And so I mean it goes without saying. So <laughs> um
1: But you know, I will say one thing. You pointed out in the predictions, you said, you know, Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta are going to be...
0: I said their names. Great. And I was and just like, I was like it,
1: okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're spot on. I mean, the first yeah. two months, I was like, this guy definitely saw the future. Because, I mean, yeah. they have been the dogs of the Milwaukee Brewers and the NL Central. I mean, yeah. insane. The,
0: the, the fact that, yeah, I pretty, much, I pretty much said that, you know, the Cardinals, they've been there and they've done that. But the Brewers pitching is about mm-hmm. to be something special. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's really been. Because the really Cardinals has. have the talent... They have the better offense than than the Brewers, but and they have like they have more big names as a, as a team across the board. But uh, the way the Brewers pitching stuff has really kind of lined up, they are currently leading the division, uh, and it, they've already showed that they're willing to add at the deadline. They already added uh, you know Adamas to play shortstop, and he's been great for them. If they even added one more piece, either maybe a corner infielder, mm-hmm. or you know if they wanted to go crazy overboard, they could add a pitcher and just like destroy everybody. But <laughs> with, with pitching, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy with that Brewers pick. Um, and and going back to your picks, um, I do think the Red Sox was, you know, it was like a total, in my mind at the time, I was like, oh, Travis is taking a shot in the dark here, (laughs) but it ended up being, it ended up lining up perfectly because they, like you said, best team in the AL East running away with it really. And, uh, the Phillies is also another good pick. I also am high on them just because I'm a big fan of Harper and what he can do. MVP kind of guy. Uh, we kind of made that bet in Vegas as well, which we'll get to later on. But um, the Phillies are in an unfortunate spot where uh, pretty much every team in the NL East is in an unfortunate spot because whoever gets second there, it's, they really are going to be competing with yeah. the Padres and Dodgers and Giants. To, like We have to beat you know one of these teams record-wise, and that's probably not going to happen because yeah. those other teams are so stacked. So. Yeah, the NL
1: East and the NL Central— you have to win the division to probably get in the playoffs because right now it, it, looks, be like hard the, to, right. it looks like the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are all going to be making the playoffs. And unless something happens to the Giants, which could happen, um, of course I see Dodgers and Padres kind of just getting there, not really a problem. But yeah. you're right. I mean, yeah. It, you got to win the division to be in the playoffs.
0: In so place. the Phillies are in a tough spot because of that, but it still was a good pick because they are second mm-hmm. in the division. And overall, the Phillies have a lot of talent. Wheeler's been great. Harper's been very good. So... Uh, yeah, I think that wraps that up uh, yeah. for going on to uh, I guess teams that we thought were maybe a little bit uh, overrated. getting overrated and you know, teams that we were kind of ready to, to kind of sell on like we were like not too super sold on, on what they were doing. I'll start off. Uh, my pick was the Braves and I am very happy pretty with good. that. I am very happy <laughs> with that pick. If you listen to what I was saying in the first episode about the Braves, I think I was pretty, I think I was pretty spot on. I was essentially outlining how the Braves had such a good 60 game season They got an MVP in Freeman. Mm -hmm. Acuna had a great year in terms of OPS and his on-base percentage and stuff. They got an elite, elite pitching rotation from Freed being like a Cy Young candidate kind of guy. Ian Anderson having a one-point-something ERA, absolutely just being, as a rookie, out of nowhere, being crazy dominant. Um, you had the best bullpen in baseball possibly. I mean, yeah. you know guys like Minter, guys like Will Smith, Chris Martin, uh, Tyler Matzek. The list goes on and on. Big guy Melanson. Melanson was their closer. <laughs> he was right. a he was a he was a dog. And then Darren O'Day. Like I can the fact that I can list yeah. six relievers who yeah. were like well above average on yeah. a team in that's Atlanta. Impressive. It's I can, like I don't even
1: know if I can name Angels relievers. I just, exactly. Guys.
0: That's that, that, that's how we know how good that they were. Uh, you know, last season because the, their names stood out so much. Yeah. But essentially. I just didn't. I just kind of knew that, like, okay, even if they bring back most of these bullpen arms, there's just no way they can repeat how good they were last year. I think Mm -hmm. Minter had, like, an ERA, like, below one. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is not going to, this can't happen again for a full season. So I knew the bullpen was going to get worse, and it has. It's been actually pretty poor recently. Will Smith has been blowing some saves here and there. Um, Chris Martin was missed a lot of time on injury. They lost some guys to free agency, like Melanson and O'Day. Moving on to their starting rotation, you know Freed and Anderson have both regressed. They're both still you know solid pitchers, but it just has not been what it was last year. Um, And then continue moving on to other guys that have regressed. Freeman has still probably the best first baseman in baseball right now, but just looking at his numbers last year, he's obviously gone significantly stepped down because he's no longer the MVP guy he was. Ozuna currently missing time on, you know, uh, some sort of investigation for domestic violence. So he's obviously a complete, you know, a complete null right now, which yeah. is, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, he's got to figure that out and has his own uh, issues, issues to deal with clearly. And then I also had uh, going to take a step down from last year. Because last year, Travis, he was like the catcher of the NL. I feel I think like he was a silver
1: slugger. Yeah. His, his
0: offense was elite for an NL catcher. Yeah. And Travis, this year he's a negative war. So wow. Uh, I saw that coming too. I guess Acuna. I never really. I don't think I mentioned Acuna. I think I always knew like this guy's a young stud and he's gonna be fine next year. And this year he was, of course, an MVP candidate until this oh. tragic injury this weekend. But but essentially, I'm very happy with the way I analyzed the Braves good, on yeah. opening day or right before opening day. Um, I kind of saw this step back coming from them. And Travis, they could still make the playoffs if the Mets take a big stumble. If the Walker has a big regression, the Braves could easily step up. But losing Acuna now, it really feels like a nail in the coffin in a, in a small yeah, way. Yeah. Um. So I'll let you, I'll let you take the floor now for teams
1: that you I guess saw as, as overrated. Yeah. So again, I, I think I went two teams. I actually stayed in the AL and NL East. Um. One team I'm I'm I think I'm pretty okay and strong about. One team I think I actually just kind of messed it up. But um. You know, first half we're talking about. Uh, right. There's still a second half to play. But, uh, one team I thought that was overrated was the New York Mets. I basically was not confident on their. Of of course, kind of their culture. I think I talked about the Red Sox being a strong culture and that I would not expect them to be losers because for some reason they just always seem to bounce back with whoever they got. Yeah, Um, The Mets just kind of always, you know, that team where it's like, I feel like they're always the talk of the offseason. It's like, can the Mets get back on track? They sign some people and it doesn't happen. Um, I saw that, you know, I I thought that Lindor was not going to be kind of a big signing and that he really didn't have a huge of course first half. He's not an all-star. He's getting paid big bucks next season. crazy That's big when the contract bucks. starts. And so it was kind of a down for the Mets with Lindor being the way he did. Uh, Conforto not having a really good season so far as well. Um but of course, you know, starting pitching is going to lead the way and Walker and also DeGrom have just been I mean lights out. Uh, DeGrom being historically good. So right. um I thought they're going to be overrated. They of course uh you know Told Travis to uh shut up and yeah. uh, you know, we're gonna be still first place at the all star break. Yeah. So
0: I think we both were sleeping underground a bit going into this yeah. season. We knew how great he was, but you had the Mets as a kind of uh overrated team and in Vegas we didn't, you know you don't want to bet the Grom as a Cy Young guy because the odds are so not in your favor because he, the payout would be so small because he's such yeah. a big favorite. Yeah. But we both didn't take that bet, and then now we might end up paying, hitting us in the butt. So. Exactly. And
1: I thought also that their front office was a little bit of, uh, it had some drama in their front office. I knew the 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 uh, the owner, uh, you know, has a Twitter account. And he likes to kind of give you know different issues, you know, political yeah, he, or sports issues, and he likes to at least chat. And so people are kind of like, you know, Steve Cohen, like, what are you, what are you really doing, or you know, is this sure, gonna, sure, is this going to kind of like make your team who might have, you know, other views on things, you and know, be a little bit like, you know.
0: Yeah, and they also whiffed on. some drama. Yeah, and, and in terms of, like like you said, like the front office, like they whiffed on. People thought maybe they could get LeMahieu. Yeah. Maybe they could get Springer. Ended up only. Bauer the, too. Bauer, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then they ended up just getting, you know, McCann, who's been, you know, he's he he was known as a good catcher. He's yep. not been like a star by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, just kind of keeping walk, uh, you know, getting Walker, keeping Stroman has been all good for them. Yeah, so, um, yeah. you know, getting Lindor in the trade, obviously. Carrasco has not been able to have an impact yet. You know, they hope to obviously yeah. see him uh, you know sooner than later. But, uh yeah, I think you had a,
1: a fair assessment of them. Yeah. So they've been, of course, the team that's been, uh, you know, make me look like a fool. Yeah. Uh, uh, one team that kind of, you know, is still, you know, I would say that they were overrated. I didn't think that they were going to be just... I thought that they had a lot of you know hype going into the season. That was the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, I thought everyone was kind of saying, "Oh my God, you know, with Springer, this offense is so complete," and it really is. But I was always thinking, I don't know if their starting pitching staff can really take it or make it last. They're still above 500. Um, they're sitting at though at fourth place right now, very similar to the Angels, nine games back from the division uh, lead in the uh, in their division, same as the Angels. And so I kind of thought Toronto was like, you know what? I thought they could be a middle of the pack, you know, team, which they are, you know, but I didn't think they were going to be that team that would be like you know, putting the pressure on the first put, place exactly because I think everyone kind of, of course, looking back at last season, like the Braves, Toronto was the eighth seed and they actually went to the playoffs. Didn't really compete much with the with the uh, Tant Bay Rays, but they went to the playoffs, so everyone thought, okay, they add Springer, they add a couple more of these arms. They had Kirby Yates, who, of course, was injured for the entire year, uh-huh. but they added some people, and so everyone was kind of thinking, okay, Toronto, they're going to be the new team to be scared of in the in the AL East right behind the Yankees. People thought that Red Sox would be fourth place, Rays would be third place, and that'd be kind of a Yankees-Blue Jays Division, but so far it's actually the complete opposite. It is a Boston and uh, Tampa Bay Rays division right now because right, sure. right now the Yankees and the um, Blue Jays are playing. It's it's not looking really good for those teams, but um, yeah, yeah. I just kind of thought that they that, were a little bit overrated on that aspect of everything. So
0: yeah, that's a fair assessment of the of Toronto. They currently or they you know, at the time uh, adding Ryu is a huge bonus. Obviously, he you know, yeah. is is, a, mm-hmm. is an awesome pitcher. Uh, you know he has not been exactly what he was a couple of years ago, and he was like he was like second or third in Cy Young voting. Um, and then Robbie Ray has had a really amazing year, but yeah, you know you look down the list of their bullpen and the bottom half of their starting pitching, and it's not it leaves a lot to be desired. I'll say it, it mm-hmm. leaves it leaves um there's some question marks there. So uh, because of that, uh, it makes sense that they're in fourth place, like you said. Um, I still think that they have a puncher's chance to be uh, wild card bound, but like you said, they are not like that kind of a threat to first place in the division, yeah, like yeah. people may have thought they might have been. So, yeah. um, so far in the first half, that's a, as an astute analysis, uh, I guess, from from day one. So now, uh, I guess we can keep moving on into like I guess other bets we placed.
1: Yeah, let's do the uh, the Vegas predictions because I know we had some. That, of course, is where we put you know we put our money where our mouth is, and we kind of you know say this is I feel strongly confident about that. So, um, let's go through, of course, the good ones first, and then we'll go through kind of the bad picks first. But I know you had, of course, again with kind of your picks, you had some. You had two. I no Travis, two as I'm thinking about right now that are very, of course, Travis, you had, strong. Tra-
0: Travis, there's two you're thinking about, and there's two that I reminded myself of today. When I was today, I spent some time looking through all my bets and like reminding yeah. myself, okay, who do I have money on, and yeah. how much would I win in this in that scenario? I'll, I'll start us off, Travis. Yeah, go ahead. So for MVP for American League, I have money on Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Carlos
1: Correa. And I think those are the three favorites by quite by quite, by quite <laughs> you, a big margin. You might have just picked up the, the, the top three order right there, too. Which, I mean, yeah. imagine you picked that as well. That would a if, good parlay. If if, if Travis,
0: Travis, I really don't know what possible scenario could happen. I hope I'm not jinxing
1: it. Knock on wood. But I hope... The, the, the only scenario I'm hoping is that a guy named Mike Trout just hits 45 home runs in 60 oh. games or something like that. I mean,
0: that. But yeah. if Trout were to come back and win it, obviously I wouldn't be upset. I'd
1: be I'd be thrilled. Because he was but, the favorite. But, I mean, yeah. But,
0: you're right. yeah. It's like looking at these three names... Who can win it besides one of these three? I was thinking the other day to myself, if Otani or Guerrero doesn't win, who could sneak in there? What if Otani has to stop pitching for some reason yeah, injury. And, and, and stumbles? Uh, what if Guerrero just completely falls off and like the Triple Crown is a complete lost cause? Who can step in there as like a really good player on a really good team? On my mind was Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted him too. So I feel like I've really covered my bases well. You really have, exactly. Um, and then, I guess, do you want uh, guess. I'll just continue down a couple other yeah. of my, like, kind of big Ws as of, I guess, uh, the looking back on my bets. I have Woodruff and Burns for National League Cy Young. Those are both two picks where um, they are both definitely behind DeGrom in that race. Yeah. But DeGrom has missed multiple times on very, like, minor injuries, the small nagging things. Like, I know he tweaked his back after, like, swinging at a ball mm-hmm. uh, as a batter, which is... just. It's just silliness. Like, please, please don't hurt the best pitcher of the the of the base all of baseball the last couple of seasons for swinging the bat. Like, please do not. He's love that watching outfit.
1: Otani, so he says, "I can do it too, man." Look at yeah. my. He's got a batting average I think is still in the three hundred. So, uh, yeah, he's yeah. still of course being kind of is being a funny kind of guy hitting. At the I,
0: plate. I, I'm almost I'm almost glad to see him taking the All Star game off, even though it's it's sad not to see him there. Uh, he's the kind of guy who I just want him to be healthy for the whole season. See what, what greatness he can pull yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, it will it will sting if. Burns and Woodruff are like top five in NL Cy Young, so I would have won money on either of them. Yeah, but if it ends up going to the Grom, he's just great, so I'll have to hold that L. But I'm, I'm very happy with the Woodruff and Burns pick, they've both lived up to the hype. Um, another pick, Travis, that I forgot making that I rediscovered today. <laughs> so, Travis, if you if, right now, if the season ended today and you had to pick the National League Cy Young. Or you had to pick the most viable position player in the National League. Who would you pick?
1: Most valuable position player. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. There's a couple ways you could look at it, and I, yeah, let me just ask you: Who would you go? Who would you go with?
1: I would probably go with Tatis. Okay, right yeah. now,
0: yeah. I that that's who probably I would pick as well. I think in second or third place of that kind of you know who's the best position players in the National League right now is Nick Castellanos. Mm-hmm. I actually bet on him for MVP, and if he wins, I'll win $500. So, really? Really? So, like, I did... I completely forgot That's I when I,
1: I remember we shared our bets, but I don't remember that one, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess... I, I I remember being in Vegas, Travis, and the scenario was, I think I wanted to bet on him to win the home run title, or maybe it was something else, but I wanted to bet on him to do something, and I remember they didn't, they didn't have that option. So, like, okay, I was better for him for National League MVP then, and I did, and then so... I would win five hundred dollars if he wins the MVP. Which at this point, Travis, he's been red hot, so he maybe he's due to fall off a bit. But if he were to continue, if, and if Tatis kind of stumbles, if the Reds make a push, bug, yeah. yeah, who knows what could happen? There's still a whole half of the season to go. But Castellanos is definitely a top five Nash League MVP yeah, kind of guy right now. Definitely. And the odds going into this season were not showing that at all. He yeah, was like not. Yeah. He's not. He's not even like a top fifteen yeah. like kind of candidate. That,
1: that's funny because he was actually my my NL MVP. Uh, pick for the our May May uh, all MLB team. We okay. did awards too. I did Castellanos, NL MVP, So yeah. I mean, so, so he's far, definitely it's a pretty in, sneaky de- pick. Definitely yeah. in that
0: conversation. And then the last thing I'll add for my Ws, I guess, of my bets were I had the Brewers over 84.5 wins, which they're currently the best team in their division. I hope that if they win the division, they have more than eight, they have 85 yep. or more wins. Yep, yep. If they win the division, and then the Braves, I had under 91 and a half wins, which. It's almost a lock at this point. Yeah, yeah, they have Um, to. They would have to. They have to be an incredible baseball team. Yeah, uh, to be able to come back from that. So I think some of those are just almost locks, and then some of those are just kind of good, happy bets with uh, Castellanos and Woodruff and Burns. So, Charles, talk me through some
1: of the bets you're most proud of. We'll start there for you. Yeah, and and it stays in the uh, AL MVP because I bet on two guys. I think I was I was I was taking every every kind of award or bet area, and I was just doing my top two kind of thing, just kind of being you know. Just sticking with top two. So in the top two, I'm very proud of. I had Shohei Ohtani and I had Carlos Correa. So pretty much the same as you without Vladdy, but you're right. I bet two guys that are probably in the top three right now. um, I'm happy to say that I think Ohtani is going to be leading it. And with what he's doing, if he can, I mean, it's funny. I go back to the first episode and I talk about Ohtani. And I say, I think I say this every episode. I said, if Ohtani can hit 30 home runs, have an ERA of about 3.5. And I think I said something about like, you know, 15 wins but you know what i'm not really going to care about when yeah anymore.
0: wins wins should not impact no, the mvp conversation
1: not at all and so i was kind of saying those are the two figures and i was like you know if he can bat you know around like 270 you know have probably like a, like you know a, a 600 slugging i think he could do it and right now he's exceeding all of those pretty much
0: oh yeah and so by, um, by yeah, exceeding them by a lot honestly. exceeding
1: by a lot especially the home runs i said 30 home runs by the end of 162 were at almost i think almost 90 games and he's at 33 so uh you know I think that Shohei um, is kind of a runaway. Um, The only thing that, of course, does stink is that he, I think he had 15 to 1 odds. So I think other casinos actually had him at you Know higher odds or you know, lesser odds to win the MVP, which would have been a great payout. But still, if, yeah. if he wins, of course, me and you are taking that. Um, We're
0: taking that home, yeah, taking that home, of course. Uh, so, unfortunately for us, we, we kind of bet on him right after that spring training he had where he yes. was hitting balls over the batter's eye and yep. pitching well as well. So, yeah, yep. but 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 still, still definitely, we have a good chance to win that, that award. So, yeah, please continue,
1: yeah. yeah, definitely. And then, um, one other, a couple other ones, of course, that I'm really happy about are, of course, the uh, the the over unders for the wins. Um, I think right now the the Giants were at 74.5 wins on the season, and I bet over, and right now they're at 56 wins. So pretty much they have less than 20 wins to go in the rest of the season. I hope they can do it. I'm, I hope
0: they can win 20 games in the rest of the season. I'm yeah. confident
1: they can do it, but you know what? It, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those good picks with um, with that. A couple other ones, um, I'll go a little off topic, uh, Was uh, and hopefully they can help me tonight but that is the oh. Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA Finals. So that little off topic, of course. But um, that was one bet that I had. That's going to be a pretty nice payout. But um, with all that, Chris,
0: Chris Ball Chris Paul is saying uh, he's not so sure about your bet, Travis.
1: Maybe, but we're back in. They're back in Milwaukee tonight, so you know maybe they can kind of get their stuff together. But uh, a couple other ones, of course, too, were uh, the over and unders. I think I actually also had the. Um, the Dodgers were at like 104 and a half wins, and so I bet under. Um, it's still possible, but you know, I think that they had to be a little bit of a stronger team. It's it's kind of funny because they, they still are an amazingly strong team, but I had them under. But those are kind of the main things I like to highlight. Of course, Cy Young too. I had Wood would uh Woodruff. Woodruff. Yeah. I said Woodford, but yeah. I Woodruff. Uh, I had Woodruff on that one as well. Uh Max Fried as well. That was kind of just like, eh, but I mean, he's he's of course not going to be in that. And then um A.L. Cy Young had Garrett Cole, who had a big kind of rebound game yeah. last night yeah 129 pitches yeah, let's pause there for a second yeah yeah and so i'm actually really happy with that one now because that was one that i was like oh, god like he's he, kind of he stumbling he,
0: now. Sta- he started out like red hot he was the best pitcher in the AL for sure, for the sure. First, like, i was like that that's an the, easy win. the first month yeah. the first probably two months he still was probably in the lead and then right when the spire attack stuff came out right when all the sticky substance s- substance stuff started getting regulated he took a really big stumble and he had several starts in a row where he did not look like Garrett Cole anymore. And we all knew that he'd kind of figure it out eventually because he's... You can't be like a top-two Cy Young kind of guy which he was in 2019. You can't be that guy and then just completely lose it because of the sticky stuff. Like we knew he'd bounce back in some way, but Travis last night, no one really saw that coming. 129 pitches yelling at your manager to go back in the dugout. Yeah. I mean, and saying, I, I pitched here two years ago. I know this place. I'm going to shut these guys down and then doing so in a complete game shutout. It's crazy. It was a crazy thing to even to behold. Um, I'm not like the biggest, you know, Yankee girl, Cole guy, but like he won. Uh, he does there's, there's a lot of credit for what he did there. No, yeah. And that is going to help his signing case for sure, uh, without a doubt. Having games like that where the voters can say, especially the Astros
1: offense. I mean, the
0: voters can point to that game and say, you're facing the best offense in baseball. You were in their home building. You held them to zero runs, which was absolutely needed because it was a 1 0 win. And your bullpen has been rocky as it is. So you said, coach, the bullpen gets the day off you're not taking me out go back to the dugout
1: and what's funny is that it was he had uh, he had Jordan Alvarez as the last guy and that's where um that's where uh, Aaron Boone went out there to probably go take him out and he said go sit down and he had Chapman warming up in the bullpen yeah. and he's like, was like i'm beautiful. not seeing another Chapman <laughs> blow like yeah. sit your sit your ass down yeah. i'm going to secure this one but and- a little side note uh for the Garrett Cole thing actually last weekend um was at a restaurant with, of course, shout out to my girlfriend Lauren. But she was at a restaurant down in Newport Beach and uh, had the pleasure of actually meeting Garrett Cole's parents.
0: Yeah, that, that Travis just texted me one. Uh, was it Friday? You said like a Friday. Friday. I think it was Saturday. A Saturday. Saturday, Saturday a Saturday evening. And I get a text from Travis saying. Oh my God! I'm talking to Garrett Cole's parents. I was like, "What's going on?
1: Like, yeah. what's, what's happening?" Yeah. It, so it what happened. I was, I was sitting down having dinner, and the wait our waiter comes over to me, and he's like, "Hey, are you a baseball fan?" And I say, "Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan." He's like, "What's your favorite team?" And I'm like, uh, "It's the Angels. I mean, we're in yeah. Orange County." And so he says, "Well, do you know any Yankees?" And I'm like, "Of course, I know the Yankees." And he's like, "Well, do you know a pitcher by the name of Garrett Cole?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm not. A, I'm not an amateur. Are you? Are you? Have you? Have you, have, like, yeah. have you not heard the podcast?" I'm like, you listen to my podcast, bro?" And so uh he's like well i got his parents at the bar um if you like to meet him i can definitely introduce you because they they know me as a waiter they i'm i'm one of their favorite waiters and so i was like no problem man so he walked us over there literally introduced me to uh the mother that he said the actually in quote he said here's the the woman that birthed Garrett Cole and i was just like you know it was a great 5 minute conversation i had with her you know talking about Um, The series, actually, the Angels just finished up playing the Yankees in New York. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. We talked about, you know, his dominance in, you know, in in, uh, 2019 with the the Astros. I told her I was actually at the game, the last game of the season when he just shut down the Angels um, to, to pretty much end the regular season. Right. Um, and so just a really cool conversation with, with, with the mom and all that kind of stuff. And she was she was so cool because, you know, most pe- famous people are probably going to be a little more like, hi, what's going on? Okay, thank you. Bye. But she was so cool talking with me and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's so awesome. Shout out to her if she's listening to this. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't, of course, get the word out with her, but... Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I, I pretty much just told her, you know, your son's still probably the best pitcher in the AL and, and I think he's going to prove it. And, you know, she probably called him that night and said, Hey, some guy at the, some guy at the bar just said, uh, you know, you got it, son. So I, I, I
0: think you inspired him to have that 129 pitch outing. Travis. I think
1: so. And so I, I maybe, maybe I take a little bit of credit to that. So maybe one day if I meet him, I say, Hey man, you're welcome. You know, you yeah. probably got that call from your mom. Uh, yeah, you're welcome yeah. about that. But no Garrett Cole. Um, yeah, I mean, he's still, I'm still a proud pick for Vegas. So yeah, sorry, a little side story, but, uh, it was pretty, Pretty insane moment for me to you know meet someone of that stature, and so yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's uh, that's probably my proud, my my couple proud picks. So hopefully, he gets back on track on the AL Cy Young. But we'll we'll move now to the um, yeah, kind of disappointing because we got a lot. We yeah, got a lot of disappointing. Sure, sure, yeah,
0: there, yeah. There, there's some picks I have, Travis, that are like complete, like no shot, like L, like you, you may you your money's gone essentially. Kind of picks. I have some picks that are kind of iffy, where it's like. It's probably not going to happen, but either there's still some value there or maybe it's a small chance of happening. I'll start off, like, I have Bieber to uh, have the most strikeouts in MLB, Mm -hmm. which is not over. He's currently seventh in strikeouts, and I think right now he's missing time on injury. So, you know, when you miss time on injury... It's definitely going to impact like your kind of counting stats. If you're trying to have the most hits or the most strikeouts or the most home runs, if you miss like you know a couple of weeks of baseball, that's going to be a big impact, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So he's missing time right now, um, and so the K's, you know, right now Cole is being so good in terms of K's, and Degrom's been really great as well. So mm-hmm. it'll be hard for Bieber to catch those guys. But I had Bieber uh, for K's. Uh, I had a couple other picks that are probably not happening, but I still kind of like the value because they were such long shots. Is like I have McCullers for Cy Young. No one's talking about McCullers as a scion kind of guy right now, but he has a two point nine four ERA and a six and two record. Wow. Okay. So if he turns that six and two record into like a fifteen and like six or fifteen and yeah, seven, yeah. and can get that ERA from a two nine to like a two six, maybe he ends up in that conversation. Which
1: he could with that offense, I with mean, the offense backing him up. He's going to get the he's wins. He's going to get wins.
0: Yeah. And, and like, I don't really care about wins, but I'm talking about who's going to win the award, and the voters are going to care a lot about like they're going to look at he, wins. He's yeah. on the best team in the AL, mm-hmm. and that's going to help. And yeah. so. We'll see where McCullers goes for the rest of the second half. Um, Kikuchi, I also have him as a Cy Young pick. It's pretty much a lost cause, Mm -hmm. but he's having by far his best year. He has a 3.48 ERA. He's an all-star. And if he somehow won, I did the math and I would win $1,000. So <laughs> that would be a really nice payout. Yeah. So even though Kikuchi pretty much out of it, that value alone of like, if you know, he has having his career year, he's an all-star right now. If he somehow went on a crazy run, if the Mariners become the Moneyball A's and have a crazy second half, who knows? Maybe I can get a thousand dollar payout. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's almost a 0% chance, but I had to kind of put it in my iffy category because of how good that money would be. Also in my iffy category, I have a Harper MVP. Mm-hmm. I put money on Harper to win MVP. He has had that kind of season uh, in a lot of ways. And in some other ways, he just missed time. And I think I saw some stat about, like, of every player in baseball, like, the amount of, like, home runs he has versus how many of them are solo shots, it's, it's crazy. He has such a low RBI number for how much he's actually producing. And I think the team around him, either he's been very unlucky with RBIs or his hmm. team around him has just not really kind of gotten on base for him the way the team has kind of been designed. So uh, Harper... Has the talent to be an MVP, uh, and the NL is still kind of open. Acuna going down is 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 very, very tragic. But if Degrom doesn't have Degrom, obviously a favorite for Cy Young. But if he doesn't have an MVP kind of year, then it's kind of between Tatis and who else. Not really sure. So Harper could slide in there. I'm not I'm not ruling him out yet. He's not. He
1: could. You're right. You're and right.
0: then another, the last iffy pick I have is is Angels over 84 wins right now. Travis, they're currently in the ninth inning. And they're winning four to one. So if they win this game, they'll be one game above five hundred. Check that seven to one. Did Walsh hit a home run?
1: No, I, Walsh uh, scored on a pass ball, but <laughs> Walsh been kind of an oh, instrumental okay. guy in the last I, things.
0: But yeah. I, I checked about two minutes ago and I saw Walsh batting with two men on, so I thought maybe he hit a three run homer, but I guess that I guess that didn't happen. But yeah, get, getting back on track. Um, Angels at over eighty four wins. So today, you know, no jinxing it. They're up seven to one. We're looking at probably being one game above. 500 uh, going into the uh, all-star break so if they can end up being you know 84 and 80 and 78 would it be yeah 84 and 78 that's super doable um I would I would get a payout essentially so uh, hoping for that that's definitely like a doable but not like a lock or not not also not out of it by any means um and then we can get the, like, the total fails, Travis. Tell me, yeah. w- tell me about your total fails that you've, I guess, kind of...
1: Yeah, total fails for me, um, it's probably going to be starting with uh, some of the NL MVP picks. Uh, Corey Seager is one of my guys because of what he did in the postseason last year, and then what we saw from him in the spring training. I mean, spring training, I think he hit six or seven home runs, and I was like, holy cow, Like this guy could hey, hit like this 40, is, this 45 is, home right. runs. Right, it's like, this is just who this guy is, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's on a contract here, and I was really high on him. Unfortunately, injuries have kind of stopped him. He's yeah. probably nowhere even close to being an LMVP. I mean, I, I don't even know if he's even been playing really too much in the first half. Um, to be eligible, right? Yeah, yeah. so he, he's kind of, of course, just a bad kind of pick. I also had Harper. He's, of course, iffy. I'm not ruling him out yet. Um, another guy I'm not ruling out, too, that actually I put a lot of money on that uh, hopefully can come back and have a strong pursuit for the NLMVP with, especially with Cunha out, and that's uh, Juan Soto. Yeah. Juan Soto I was very high upon. I was like, this guy I think is honestly one of the biggest locks because of the last couple seasons, he has been uh, just pure dominant. Ever since the 2019 postseason, 2020, he was insane. So yeah. had him, uh, Max Freed, and Cy Young, just, eh, you know, not of course not really going to compete at all. Uh, Lucas Giolito for the AL Cy Young. That one was kind of, I thought it was going to be kind of more of a lock, but he's been just slipping this year, has not been – um, really dominant at all this season. I mean, guys like Lance Lynn and um, uh, also Rodon have just been kind of pushing and pulling that uh, that rotation along the season. Um, so those are kind of awards picks that I've been very, of course, just low on. Um, some of the also the total awards when it comes to like total home runs, uh, home run leaders, RBI leaders, all that stuff. RBI leaders is actually really funny because I had Rendon and I had Nolan Arenado. Both those guys are not even in the top 10 right now. Right. It's funny. I look back. I'm not really gonna count 2020 because it's a 60 game season. But I look back in 2019, Anthony Rendon led baseball in RBIs that year with 126, and Nolan Arenado was actually fifth that year with 118. So there's only an eight RBI difference between those two, and I felt very confident because going back, you know, Arenado was one of the guys that I feel like almost in the in the mid 2010s was. RBI leader every single year. It looked back sure. like in 2016 and 15, he led baseball in RBI. So he's always been a guy that can produce with, you know, having guys running, runners in scoring position and getting guys in. So Rendon and Arenado um, this season, yeah, not even close. Rendon's been injured so much um, that it's kind of just taken a toll with him. So both those picks are kind of just, you know, Whatever. Some but, less money,
0: perhaps. But exactly. But, you know, with
1: that, at least those ones, you're not really putting too much money down. I think it was only like 5 bucks with those yeah. ones. Um, also, I uh, had uh, J.D. Martinez with the uh, home run title for the season. You know, first month, it, it, was look- looking, <laughs> it was looking really good. It was looking good in April. I yeah. was really proud. But there's a guy named Shohei Otani that's probably just going to take that away yeah. um, from him. That would be an interesting one to look back on to see if Otani, what his odds were for home run title. That oh. would, I mean, that would just be...
0: That's a big payout if you somehow exactly. saw that coming. Uh, yeah, I, he, he's not a lock yet because Tatis, yeah, Guerrero uh, are gonna stay in the picture. Uh, some guys could creep up like yeah. a Castellanos or or a, or a Schwarber, but yeah. but you're right. Like, yeah. no one probably saw an Otani Guerrero race in, in the future. I guess yeah. like yeah. that was definitely surprising. Yeah, so
1: definitely some ones that of course were very high on. I mean, I'm I'm happy that all both of us had a couple picks that were very, like, we're, we're possibly really going to win out right now on these picks. Yeah. And then, of course, a majority of them are going to be, you know, we might finish, you know, you f- might finish second or third, but, of course, you know, some of you are just going to be yeah. and, and, way off.
0: And, and, Travis, our philosophy going into it was, okay, like, the goal here is hopefully we can – uh kind of spread our kind of spread ourselves uh across all the awards and across all the different like types of ways we can predict the season and say okay like if we can bet the right amount of money on these things we just need the right things to hit and we can still come out positive we can get most of the stuff wrong but if we just hit the right bets then you know the value will make it so we win so um yeah even though like like you said Lido is like a bust. Well, you also bet on Cole. so yeah. you could end up being a net positive because of that reason. So, exactly. exactly. So I'll go through some of my like major major fails. I had bet on Jeff McNeil to win the hits title for the MLB. Yep. Yeah. Um, I still like my logic on it. I think he's a great contact hitter, and he has some pretty good uh, exit velo. He's like a you know he squares up the ball nicely. He just missed a lot of time this year, and he hasn't been uh, an all star by any means. Um, so that's a total lost cause. There's no way he can get really climb back into that race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for uh, American League Cy Young, I actually put money on a couple guys who are by no means of any shot really. I have uh, both Zach Plesac and a, a couple a couple Indians. I Plesac and Savali, and Plesac is is out of the race yeah. for sure. He's yeah. like an average pitcher this year. He's kind of taking a step back from last year. Uh, Savali. He's pretty much out of the race, but he's, like, in the mid-threes for ERA, and he actually is tied
1: for the lead in wins in the American League. I was going to say, I think he was the first guy to 10 wins uh, starting pitcher-wise. So, so he's not yeah. out of it, yeah.
0: but, like, he's not breaking out by any means. He You know, I still think he's a less chance than, like, a guy like McCullers or a guy like uh, Kikuchi or a guy like, you yeah. know, like you said, Cole for your list. Like, yeah. this guy's in by, by no means in that kind of class. Um, a couple other bets that, like, I think are almost, like, Uh, you know, pretty much L's in my book are like, I had Yelich for MVP. Yelich, there's good things and bad things about him this Mm -hmm, season. mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that's been really good is he's walking like crazy. He's looking like his former self in terms of on-base percentage. He's looking like his 2018 and 19 self. Um, The one problem he has, he hits the ball really hard, but it's on the ground. He needs Mm -hmm. to kind of sort out like, I guess his type of contact and kind of continue driving the ball in the air more, get those hormone numbers back up, get the slugging back up, you know, you know he can really use that speed if he gets more gappers and less ground balls so uh Jelic has the has the i guess the tools to bounce back and become an MVP guy again but it's not happening this season the yeah. first half was not good enough yeah. Yeah. Soto MVP I have money on and that isn't a you know it's it's almost like yes he still is very easily could be in the race because no one is kind of stepping up besides maybe
1: Tatis with the Cunha going down um, but he needed to do some of course some, some serious like historic damage and, and,
0: and the fact that Soto was the by far Vegas favorite we put money in him and he's not even been in the top five for the yeah. NL right now yeah. it kind of tells you okay like you know this guy's now lived up to the hype going into it all and then just to wrap up my like my other major L's Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio MVP bets they're both in the by no means in the MVP conversation whatsoever, but it's completely worth it in my mind because I just wanted to bet on that Toronto trio. And <laughs> yep, yep. if Guerrero lands, then it was all he worth it. He will be striking
1: gold for you, definitely.
0: definitely. So so uh, those guys, as well as an Aaron Nola, Cy Young bet. I still have a lot of faith in Nola as a very quality starting pitcher. I think he's very good, but the numbers have not been there for him this season in terms of ERA, in terms of wins. He's just not in that race by any means. Uh, if you had to pick someone on the Phillies, you'd uh, you'd lean towards Wheeler because yep. Wheeler has had the innings pitched. Yep. He's had the better ERA. Um, he's getting strikeouts. He's he's doing it all. Um, and so yeah, uh, essentially those are like the guys who completely like are almost lost causes, lost money. But as long as some of those Ws we highlighted can land Travis, we're still in a good spot to come yep. out positive from our bets. Um, so yeah, I mean I think that I think that even though we have these questionable picks, um, I think overall we did a very good job in terms of our predictions coming into the season. Based on both uh, our bets and also our predictions in terms of which teams we're gonna kind of be, uh, you know, overrated, underrated. Uh, I like I like the way we, we pick things, and I think you know I think we kind of flex our knowledge just now. So yeah,
1: yeah, de- yeah, that's definitely true. I think that it, even if one of them just you know hits, I think that some of us, some me and you, have at least one where if one hits. It's really good odds. It's gonna hit it could be already, you know, you're making your money all the way back. So right, right, you're, yeah. you're almost breaking even. So uh,
0: I think if Cray won MVP, I would like double my money yeah, from the whole yeah, thing, which yeah, is like, yeah.
1: how that even like, exactly.
0: that is crazy. Exactly, but. exactly. So, uh,
1: you know, that kind of, you know, sums up with our of course predictions, um, you know, right now uh, I think we'll just get into a short little uh, stint with the angels Just sure. talk about, uh, you know, how the first half went and then our predictions for the second half. Um, Alex, I'll kind of start it off, you know, for us, I think that looking at the first half of the angels, I kind of take it as a kind of a kind of a, a little bit of a W. We are above 500 at the All-Star break. I think a lot of us were thinking if we can be at 500 by the All-Star break that's that's a win.
0: Espe- yeah, especially starting at the point where Trout goes Trout goes down Travis and we're like I forget exactly like seven or eight games below 500 yeah, sometime at, in in early May. At yeah. that point in time if you told us okay at All-Star break you'll be at 500, you'll be above 500, we'd be like okay like we didn't have Trout and we still made that kind of comeback. Like I agree. We totally climbed out of a big hole. And I agree it is a bit of a W.
1: You you told if you came back and told me, you know, sometime in March or early April that uh for the first half of July, your outfield is gonna be Goslin left, Legaris in center, and Warden right, I would have been like did, did someone did someone assassinate? <laughs> did someone assassinate <laughs> all of our Upton players? And, and 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 you even look at third base, Mayfield run. He at third base. Where is Ren Where where is Rendon and Trout and Upton? What what what's going on here? Yeah. And you're telling me that we're above 500. I mean, it's kind of just been a really good job. And Travis
0: um, also, I would like to highlight. What if I told you that our like four or five six starters were. Gonna be San- <laughs> Sandoval and Suarez and uh, Bundy's demoted, Cantana's demoted. Yeah, what's I go- mean, I Canning mean, is back in the minors now. It's what's what's going on. It, you know? You're right. It, it, it's been a funky kind of. But uh, despite it all, 500 or you know one game above 500. Yeah, so yeah,
1: exactly, and still climbing their way our way up into the um, into actually wild card contention. Um, and you know just kind of you know still playing winning baseball. But you know for the second half, Alex, I look at of course the um the, the you know let, let's let's focus on being healthy because if we have Upton and yeah. we have Rendon and we have Trout back in the you know back in the lineup with the way Otani's playing and Walsh is playing I mean this lineup is potentially one of the best in baseball right now Oh yeah um and then of course with the way that Sandoval is pitching and Suarez is pitching I mean two big key guys two big you know good lefties coming in to pitch for us the way Otani's pitching Um, it's going to be nice. Even the way Cobb's pitching, Cobb has been very, very kind of sneaky the past couple starts, been um, giving a lot of ground balls to our defense. And so, and also you see Fletcher kind of stepping up with the way that Otani, Walsh, and Fletcher right now are playing. I mean, with adding on three all-star candidate guys like Trout, Upton, and Rendon, I see us having a very successful second half. And hopefully we can keep it up. Also our bullpen uh, looking at guys like Iglesias, right? So he has been, um, he's been good. He's been very good for yep. us right now. And so uh, and anything just, to add on that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'll add a couple things. things. Um, I guess I'll start with the offense. Like you mentioned, it's been very good. Um, and so if, you, if I, right now I'm on FanGraphs and if I sort, uh, I guess every offense in baseball by like WRC plus, so like, like I mentioned earlier, it's like the, you know, how how I kind of evaluate like how good your offense is as a whole. Uh, the Angels are sitting at 6th best in baseball. So 6th best offense in baseball, and we've missed Trout for over a month. That's insane. We have probably over a month of missed Rendon games, up has missed time. Otani and Walsh and Fletcher have carried the load, and we are at a 6th best WRC plus in baseball as a team, missing some of our best hitters. That's, insane. That's Miss, insane. Missing our big contract guys. So that is a huge W in my book to be that good of an offense despite missing those guys. Another thing that I'm going to add is um, I'm looking at like some of the baseball reference uh, other kind of stats that kind of rank teams and Angels have the sixth uh, hardest strength of schedule that we've experienced this mm. first half. Mm. So first half of the season, second hardest, sh- sorry, sixth hardest strength of schedule. That tells me hopefully things lighten up a bit and we can continue making a run when it really counts this second half of the season. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, you're right. You get the you get the Rays and you get the Red Sox already done with done for the year. Yeah, so those and, are, and so that's, it, it, of course, really big.
0: It's really going to come down to if we can handle the A's uh, who are going to be in the race. Essentially, yeah. the way I view it, Travis, I've explained it to you before, but I'll explain it to the listeners. The way I kind of view the Angels' path to the playoffs is I'm solely focusing on wild card because I just know how good the Astros are. I am just not even remotely considering a run for the division. So in terms of getting the wild card spot, it's there's two spots, uh, as we know, and it's going to be between uh, the the Rays, the Angels, the A's, the Blue Jays. Um, the A's. The, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Jays, yeah. <laughs> A's, Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. It's going to be the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Yankees in the AL East. And it's going to be the A's and the Angels in the AL West. Definitely. I don't think the Indians are going to keep in that race. Right now, they are kind of in that race. But I think they're going to fall off they should in, fall. The, in, in, yeah. the, in the second half. I think a lot of the numbers kind of point to them. Having a bit of a lucky first half, um, yeah. they could put me. They prove me wrong if the pitching kind of snaps back into place. But also Seattle,
1: I don't, I don't, you know, I know they played well this series, but I don't see, I them, see them. I see them falling around. off as yep. well.
0: Their bullpen has been very good. Uh, I'd be surprised if it continued to be dominant. Uh, a lot of the young guys maybe aren't super ready to make that big step yet. Yeah. Kellnick back into Myers and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I think there's like about five teams that are going to be in this race for two spots, and we essentially have to beat out, you know, three of those teams. That's the goal. We have to beat out you know either the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the A's, or beat out the Ray- maybe the Rays fall off. There's a lot of ways it could go, but I view it as a race for the wild card for the Angels, and I honestly think we could end up being like an 88 win team, and mm-hmm. that might be all mm-hmm. all it takes. It's a chance we get unlucky, Travis, and the A's get like a 95 win season, the Rays get a 95 win season. I don't see us climbing that high. No. But um, if all those wild card teams can end up in the 90 range, maybe at 90 and 88 are the two wild card spots. If that ends up being the case. I think we're very much in the conversation. Um, It's also going to come down to when will Trout come back and also how good will Upton and Rendon be when they get back because Rendon was slumping, was injured, always on the IL. When he comes back, can he be healthy? Can he stay healthy? And then Upton was on an absolute tear as our leadoff hitter, which was just an odd development in the season that no one really saw coming. But when he comes back, can he be that guy again? I'll be honest. I don't really want him as our leadoff hitter. No. going into the playoffs, sure I think
1: should, has taken it back, and he should be the guy.
0: I, I, I. There's so many ways you could do it. I, 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 I will keep saying that I think Rendon needs to be put in that Upton spot because the way batting leadoff affected Upton's approach at the plate, I think Rendon needs that same approach shift. Also, I hate seeing Rendon bet fourth and ground and double plays all the time. <laughs> if he bets leadoff, you can't ground double play. No, so right. I like right. that. You're right. I like that as well. So. I don't know what the answer is. It comes down to just kind of trying new things. Um, and I am down to try new things with Upton, with Rendon, with Fletcher. Let's get creative and let's see what what kind of sticks. Um, either way, if we get these guys back and they can cook and they can get the job done, then Angels have no reason why they shouldn't be in the wild card race You know, in, in, in a couple months' time. Be right there in the heat of things. So, yep, yep. Totally um, agree. Yeah, and also the pitching. Hopefully we can add some guys to the deadline
1: big that's really um, big to catch t- talk, touch on because
0: some guys will be available by either a trade or you know uh i i guess actually interestingly enough some guys are available by signing cuz i know Cole Hamels is having like a like a, a show a showcase yeah. Yeah. for and, and someone's saying like i think Jeff Fletcher of the i think he's for the OC Register yeah. Yeah. um Angel's twitter i think he uh, he mentioned that the angels will probably be at that showcase just because you know when you're looking to add a pitcher and a pitcher says, like, come check me out, I guess they're going to give him the respect to go check him out. Especially a
1: veteran guy. Like yeah.
0: That, yeah, it's really not what we'd be probably looking for, Travis. Yeah. Cole Hamels is not, like, the kind of, you know, the dog in the in the, in the the rotation that we would yeah. really yeah. need. But, um, you know, it, it, is it better than just not being certain about our starter every day? And, like, you know, is Bundy going to be in the pen today? Like, there's so many question marks that, you know, adding anyone and giving them a fair try might be a good idea. I hope we can, I hope we can make a bigger splash than that. I hope we can try to pursue a Scherzer type. Uh, you know, trade for trade for a bigger name. Uh, trying to think of Definitely. guys on losing teams. Someone's floated a rumor about Bieber like being potentially available. Just because if the Indians end up punting, I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. Um, yeah, so s- someone was saying someone was saying on Twitter if if Bieber actually is on the trade block, that means he's more injured than the Indians are letting us tell. Which <laughs> which that would suck to you know trade yeah. for an injured pitcher. But um, essentially, I'm of the mindset that if we make a big splash. Get a starter, get two relievers or two starters and a reliever. Figure it out and let's make a big run. Um, I'm kind of tired of this whole like, you know, let's find this value pick where we can spend only like a million dollars on this one guy and uh, it'll be a nice little bonus for cheap. I just think we need to spend the money and try to make a push now. Not so we can win it all this year, but... I mean, we have to start asserting ourselves in the division or else when are we ever going to, yeah. you know, make that step. So, no, I totally, um, agree. I and totally then, agree. And we both are well aware of like Adele and Marsh are looming as outfielders. They're going to be, you know, along with Trout, are three outfielders for the for the you know next several years. So yeah. Yeah. um, it's going to come down to, you know, do we want to, you know, make these guys, when are we going to call them up? Are they, what's their trade value? What could we get? And, you know, I don't know if that's a conversation that they're having right now. But um, yeah, essentially, you know, to keep things try to you know try to keep things concise. um, Angels outfield is kind of a problem right now, so I want I honestly think we should probably think about bringing them up as we push for October. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And these are just kind of my thoughts. What, what do you think, Travis?
1: I think it's good thoughts. And I think that, of course, we have to see. I, I feel like we always keep saying this, but I think we have to see how the rest of, like, July, you know, finishes up. Because we start, uh, we start, you know, this coming Friday, three games at home against the Mariners. And then we play the Oakland A's. And then we go to Minnesota and play the Twins four games. And so um, I think we start seeing a little bit more of us playing more of our division um, and then, of course, in August we have some pretty, pretty—it's not not hard, I would say—but you know, just some pretty good teams. We're playing in August. We're playing uh, the Dodgers. We're playing the Yankees. We're playing the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, we're playing some pretty competitive teams in and baseball that's, right now. And that's
0: when we'd hope to have Trout back and exactly. really start get rolling. Um, Yeah, I, 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 that, that's all good points. I and think. So,
1: go ahead. And so for me, I'll say that you know, with the next couple of weeks, if we just. Do not show up, and we're not playing well. I think, honestly, it's time to possibly bring up some of these guys to see, you know, how they, you know, adapt in, you know, forty games to finish out the season. Marsh and Adele. I think everyone is saying we hope that we want these guys, you know, in our outfield uh, next off next season, and then of course by twenty twenty three they're ready to go and they're, you know, they're 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 hungry for playing the outfield uh, for the for the Angels for the you know for a full time spot um but yeah no i mean, I mean yeah yeah it's gonna I, be interesting to see the next couple next couple weeks after the yeah, break.
0: yeah i really i really want those kind of guys to not only be ready by like 2023 i want them to be like fully in the lineup yeah, and like yeah. comfortable with their spot and like you know proving themselves already by that point also the catcher spot is interesting travis we put a lot of talk into uh you know we love Max Stassi and his backup Kurt Suzuki. Just not doing, uh, not doing the trick. You're not doing, doing justice. One. Yeah. Right. You just and we 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 really believe that uh, we should give a minor leaguer uh, a chance to make a. a Somebody named Matt
1: Thays, I think too. I
0: think Matt Thays, a nice lefty power bat who can catch and has been catching in the minors for AAA for us. I love to see what he can do in the pro level yeah. for catching. Maybe his maybe his defense is not good enough. Um, I guess we have to we have to see honestly. So I, I hope he it, It's almost that. at
1: this point. I think it's almost good enough because I mean we've been watching.
0: It, it can't be much worse than Suzuki, and his bat will definitely be better as exactly. a nice lefty and platoon, be a lefty bat platoon yeah. with that, with uh, with uh, Max Stassi, of course, um, and the Travis, It's interesting. We have like three, like MLB, like, almost MLB, MLB ready catchers in our triple a team we have dice who's a nice lefty bat i'd like to see him get yeah. a, a shot ben boom who's been up and down throughout the last couple of seasons he's in triple a as well and then also uh drew butera is like yeah. he's also yeah. well, we have we have three catchers in triple a and we cannot stand our backup catcher on, yeah. the, on the big league squad so and
1: and i'll point out too we have a guy playing right field that plays catcher and played catcher in college and yeah. taylor ward who's having a good season i would say because he has been a great you know, utility guy playing center field, playing left, playing right. He yeah. also plays a little bit of third base, yeah. but and it's it, like he can play catcher as well. The, the, so,
0: there has been some frustration with Wards, like some defensive miscues and some base running miscues, but the fact that he's playing these different positions and the fact that his bat has been, you know, better than a lot of people thought, uh, he didn't get the call to the big league squad at the beginning of the year. They started him in AAA, yeah. but when he got called up, he made a good first impression, and I think he's continuing to be a good player. I think he's viable as a bench piece for mm-hmm. sure on this team. Mm-hmm. He can play outfield, infield, catcher if needed. So I think he needs to be a part of the squad. I think we need to find a way to get Suzuki out of the squad. <laughs> the, the, I don't know how we're going to do that. I hope uh, you know someone Perry or Perry Manassi and GM can maybe yeah. make, make this step and just say, okay, like the same way we did the Pujols, you're a veteran, we respect you. But it's not part of the vision that we have right now. It's not. Hopefully, horrible. some other team sees a different value in you. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps up my thoughts, Travis. I guess yeah. where are you at right now? Yeah, I mean that's
1: the same thing as as everything I think that you put on that you you talked about is spot on. Um, I, I'm the same way with everything like that. We'll see what happens with that. I think, of course, for me, it's it's you gotta you almost gotta designate for assignment Suzuki and Quintana. Right now, both yeah. those guys have just been kind of veterans that are not. Helping us win ball games, they're actually hurting us when you know win ball games, and so I I don't like them on our roster. I think there's a lot of younger guys that would be a lot more beneficial. Um, I, I I don't know if Madden agrees with that, which is kind of a little bit scary because he has this mindset that I think that these guys are, you know, he they, they, they've been in the majors for so long and they, you know, they know how to right. compete, but it's like, you know, some of these guys are getting a little bit older. So yeah, uh, I mean, good, good guys lose their touch as, they as do. simple they do. as that. They do. And and those two guys this season, I mean, every fan and everyone can definitely say they have just been hurting the ball club yeah. more than helping. Un- so, underwhelming for sure. So that'll be interesting to see as we go along. But um, Alex, as we finish up today, um, I want to see what your predictions are. We have the home run derby coming up um, Monday. And so it's, to me, it's one of the most anticipated home run derbies that I can remember. I mean, it is, first off, it's in Colorado. That's a ballpark where you're going to hit shots. It also has some of the best sluggers that I think, honestly, this game has ever seen in guys like Shohei Otani, Joey Gallo, Matt Olson, um, even Juan Soto. Soto, yeah. And so I see these guys as just being, I mean, I've I've never seen some home runs hit like these guys have hit them. So it'll be interesting to see, of course, them... Um, go up against each other. Um, I'm really interested, of course, in the Otani-Soto first round battle yeah. between those two guys. Um, I think those are two probably, honestly, the, the, two of the strongest men in baseball going at it. It'll be interesting. Who is your, um, just give me, of course, who's who's your pick right now? If you're yeah. going to bet, who's your pick? Who's your guy? So
0: if I had to bet right now, I would bet the winner of Otani and Soto. I'll just say Otani. Okay. I think Otani that's, would that's win. That's a good way to put it too. I do honestly think that, like, one of these two guys is going to get tied for last place and the other guy's going to win because just Otani, the power this year has been on a completely other level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just stuff we've never seen. It's been the most, one of the most incredible first half for an Angel we've ever seen with the bat. Um, And we have Mike Trout on our team. So we've seen seen a lot. Um, But then Juan Soto on the other hand, the homers have not been there this season. But we know what he what he can do. You know when he gets just his bat on the, the 2019 ball. the twenty nineteen World Series. Yeah, he hits the ball crazy far, and they're going to be in Coors. He's going to hit pop ups that are just going to fly and soar yeah. their way out. Um, I have no doubt Soto is going to be impressive. So uh, I really like what those two guys are going to, you know, be able to showcase. But you really can't sleep on anyone in the Harmon derby no, because you can't. anyone can really have a sneaky day. You know Salvador Perez. Who knows what's going to happen? He could just sneak a him, bunch over Trey the fence. Mancini. Mancini. You know he has the pop, but is he anyone's pick? No. So yeah. You and know, I, and
1: one guy too, Pete Alonso. He's the reigning winner, and yeah, so it's yeah. kind of just like you'd be kind of a foolish to not pick him because he's done it and he's won it before. Yeah, so
0: he, he was the home run champion in yeah. the last full season of 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. And so uh, you know, look, you look at these guys, and Matt Olson's a guy who, Chats, we both like him a lot, mm-hmm. we both. We are on. We are fans of the Angels. We watch them play the A's, and we fear Matt Olsen at the plate. Half the time he's up, I say, "Can we intentionally walk this guy so he doesn't give us further damage?" Yeah. But uh, he is also another great pick. Who I guess who is your overall? You know who are you leaning?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, I really like the Soto and Otani. I think those are the two of the guys. Um, kind of my underrated guy. I'll go. Um, I'm gonna go with Gallo. I okay. think Gallo is is he scary? I mean, he he has the power to hit it fourth deck possibly even out of the ballpark and yeah. so really like to see what he's going to do i think it it's pretty funny with the home run derby it really depends on you know stamina can you you can hit the ball a long way but can you hit for four minutes straight and just consistently keep hitting the ball out of the ballpark also it's interesting to see that you know if you're a guy that hits a lot of pop-ups that's a lot of hang time that's going to take you some time for that ball because once the ball lands that's when the next pitch can be thrown so it's interesting enough that there's also kind of a strategy to go about it. If you keep hitting these pop-ups that are in the air for 15 seconds, it will hurt you. That's it's gonna a, hurt you. Interesting point. Exactly. So
0: you want the guy who's gonna hit like hard liners. And honestly, for me, in my mind, that kinda applies to Shohei. Yeah. Shohei really yeah. hits these he can rip these liners that will escape the ballpark so fast. And yeah, and, you bring
1: that to the point. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think another thing that
0: really matters for the for the Derby is how effortless is it for you to get these balls out. Yeah. And for Otani I've never seen a more effortless home run. He'll just pop something, no, oppo. Of course, of it was like an oppo slap hit in the gap, and it sails over the fence. And Coors, is going to go a mile. And and, and so and seeing him and Soto do like the effortless kind of swings they do, I am affecting big things. No, and what's
1: what's interesting and what everyone always says, especially on the Angels Ball Club, is you know you've never seen like something till you've seen Shohei Otani take BP, and now the world's going to see mm-hmm. him take yeah. BP in front of you yeah. know millions of viewers at the ballpark where you can hit home runs a mile. At the right. Mile High Stadium, pretty right. much, and so it's gonna be one one hell of a show. So, right. yeah, uh, that That's much, for sure. that sums up that. Let's ask you um, All Star Game. Who do you got? AL NL? It's kind of a you know kind of a coin flip. It's, yeah. It really is. I,
0: I I always root AL and I always pick AL. And I feel like AL wins a lot. So yeah. I the best players in I, AL. Yeah. I I I, <laughs> I I I I'm inclined to pick AL. I like you know the pitching this year is obviously favoring NL, but guys like Degrom are taking the day off. Um, so it, it's hard to say who's going to win with all these guys taking yeah. days off and yeah. stuff. The Astros are taking the days off, so yep. Correa and Altuve are off the bench. Um, I will say uh,
1: that that AL infield is just it's just scary with, the, oh, with yeah. the Blue Jays right side and the Red Sox left side. I'm taking the AL as well.
0: Yeah, sure, and yeah, and then just you look at you know a guy like Judge, a guy like uh, uh, Mullins on the on the Baltimore yep. Orioles. Yep. Like they just have a scary depth. Guys who are having great seasons are going to be on that team uh yeah I, our I, guy
1: jared walsh jared walsh prediction seventh inning pinch hit two run bomb
0: i would like that I, <laughs> I i can see that coming and then of course i believe joe madden said just the other day that he has been told how otani will be using that game he needs to keep it a secret just for you know uh, you gotta let for, it out. For, for, for respect to cash and how he decides to do it but i'm excited to see how they use shohei uh they could start him uh, first inning and then also DH but I don't know how they're going to handle the whole forfeiting the DH scenario but yeah. but either way they need to make it work either no way, matter what he he, he will, I'm almost positive he will end up doing both uh because how could you not yeah. it'll be the first time in history it'll be so special yeah. but um It's yeah. going to
1: be good hearing the 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 you know in-play infield interviews that they do Um, You know, during the All-Star game, you'll be getting guys up like, you know, oh, what do you think of this guy? Or what do you think of Shohei? And, you know, Shohei just launches someone over the right field head or something like that. But it's going to be fun.
0: I remember a few years ago, they were like, ask Bryce Harper, like, who's the best player in baseball? And he was talking about Trout. If you don't know, yeah. And 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 this year, they're going to be asking people, guys, like, what do you think of Shoyotani this year? What is he doing? Yeah, it's going it, to be the story. So how could you not pitch yeah. him and DH him? They, I, I, they will. I think,
1: I think they will. And honestly, I, I'm a betting man. They're going to do it because they, they have to. The marketing and the, the amount of viewership, they have to. But um, last thing, last prediction. Who is going to be finishing with the best record in the MLB come you know early October once the season ends? Give me your team.
0: My pick is going to be the Houston Astros. Houston Astros, I okay. just think... Before the season, I would have picked the Dodgers running away, yeah. but they have just had a more competitive division than they thought with just the Giants pretty much stepping in um, and being that extra threat. Uh, and Padres obviously being good too. So Dodgers, I think, will be held back by that. I do think the Dodgers still win their division. They may not, but I do think that they will. Um, and then it's going to come down to, I guess, competition from uh you know i don't think you know teams like the mets and the brewers i see them winning their divisions but i don't see them putting any pressure on like the best record in baseball i think boston uh maybe gives up a bit of their lead to either either the rays or the blue jays but i don't see those teams catching them but i really think the astros as well as possibly the white Sox, are like the teams that like have a chance to run away with their divisions like they can really put some serious space between themselves and second place in the division I'm going to go with the Astros. What are you thinking, Travis, for that same For me, question? you know, it's
1: kind of funny. I'm actually me to be thinking um, iffy, but you know what? I'm going to go with San Diego Padres. Okay. Whoa, I think, I think big Padres, second half. I think the Padres make a big second half. Big second half. You know what? I think that they're not scared to even make some acquisitions and trades. I think they have been so high on the trades of the past 12 months. I think they could actually get out, get out there and get someone. Who knows? Maybe a guy like Scherzer. Maybe a couple other guys. Um, out there but one thing to point out too if the red Sox go out and get a guy like kimbrell and rizzo in a big deal with the with the cubs that's a very scary move yeah. for the red Sox to be you know favorites for the whole entire mlb but yeah, yeah. we'll see it,
0: it, that's a good point like picking a team that's going to finish with the best record it's important to factor in is this team willing to make a splash at the deadline and yeah. i do think that the padres are willing to we've seen it what they did in the offseason mm-hmm. the red Sox are willing to because they know that this is kind of a, ma- a magical year for them so far they can't really expect Guys like you know Pavetta and Ivaldi to like do this a bunch of years in a row. This seems like a really big year for them, and yeah. they they want to make a splash. Astros as well, Travis. They have some money to spend. You know they they could add a pitcher, they could add a reliever, they could add a Kimbrel, they could add a Scherzer, right, they could. Right. And so, um, and they have prospects, and they have you know they have uh, the the room to make it happen. So. Um, the bats aren't in question for these teams we've mentioned, but like I could see some of these pitching free agents uh, or sorry, pitching, I guess, trade candidates, uh, you know, make going to one of these contenders and could change the game uh, in a big way. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. good. That's good. Yeah.
1: And that pretty much, uh, you know, with everyone that pretty much wraps up our first half uh, show. Uh, We're probably going to be coming back to you next week. Of course, with of course the reviews and the outcomes with the all-star game and the home run derby. I think we'll have a lot of fun with it next week. And of course, talking about, you know, how teams have you know started their second half you know journey to at least a wild card or a division um with next week you know opening up you know pretty much the dog days of summer are ahead of us and uh we'll we're going to see which teams are going to be dropping and which teams are going to be you know rising but um Alex anything else to add on
0: No yeah I'm excited to kind of see this All-Star game see this legendary home run derby and we'll cover the beginning of this kind of stretch where I guess teams will have to start separating themselves from the pack uh in the next coming month or two so Excited to kind of embark on that uh, coming up, Travis, and uh, this that does it for this episode. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, have a good one.
1: Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>